Hi, this is Alex. And this is Ellen. And you're listening to our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. This week, we are talking about A Court of Wings and Ruin, which is book three in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Mass. Um, this is a book, like the other two, uh, that we have read before, so our discussion will probably be a little bit different than y'all are used to, but we hope you're still going to join us. Um, and then also, as always, uh, here's our little spoiler alert. We'll be talking very in-depth <laughs> about this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't read it, please go read it and then come back and join us. We would love to have you. Um, but I'm, of course, if you don't, I, I still don't get it, but if you don't care about spoilers, then certainly feel free to just stay joined with us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Keep listening. Yeah. So before we go into our favorites, I just want to click quickly comment on the fact that with all of her books, I like always forget all of the individual titles and I just think like, oh, Throne of Glass book three or mm. oh, Akatar book two. Okay. And so I totally forgot that this book was called A Court of Wings and Ruin. Yeah. And like when I just like got to the book and got to the title page and read it, I just like shivered. <laughs> Ooh. I like yeah. it. Um, cause it's just like such a great title for like everything that happens in the book. Right. And it was just like like me getting ready to dive in and yeah. like reading the title, forgetting what it was. And I was like, oh. That's so funny because actually my first note is something sort of similar to that. So I think of them as their individual names. Um, but what I hadn't remembered is that the first so this book is in three parts. And what I hadn't remembered is that the first part of this book um, after like the prologue is called Princess of Carrion, and I and I had that same like shiver. I was like, <laughs> um, so that's really funny that we had kind of similar mm-hmm. reactions at the beginning of the book versus other times. I don't know where. I know. Are we just the same person, person again? I mean, basically, <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. okay. I I I'd be honored to be the same person as you. Aw, shucks. <laughs> Alex, that's when you say, same here. <laughs> Ellen, I never want to be the same as you. I mean, I don't blame you. <laughs> no, there's, a lot go- be... there's a lot going on in here. <laughs> I would honor be honored to be compared to you. Oh my gosh, thank you for that totally unprompted <laughs> compliment. <laughs> wow, it's such a surprise. Came out of nowhere. Left field. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do. My goodness. Um, oh, on that note, are you ready to dive in? So ready. Okay. Alex, tell me your favorite character. Okay, so I had a really hard time with this because, like, initially I was like, Reese is my favorite. Okay. But then... I still don't know if I can forgive him for closing her off and allowing himself to die without, like, like basically deceiving her um, at the end. Yeah. And, like, that... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then I just, like... Obviously, you know my love for Cassian. Yeah. So... 
And in this book, you get to see so much more of him, too. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I was like, yes, like, be your badass self. <laughs> like, be super caring and give me all the banter, all the hilarity. Like, keep mm-hmm. it on, keep bringing it. Um, but then I was like, oh, but Feyre too. Like, <laughs> she was just so genius, like, at the beginning, like, taking names and, mm-hmm. like, all of the, she was basically, like, an evil genius at the beginning and... I don't think we need to put evil in there. She was just a strategic genius. Yeah. So, basically, I haven't been able to decide between the three of them. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you three. I'll give you all three of them because there have certainly been many times that I've had more than one favorite character, and unsurprisingly, it happened is, again is today. <laughs> one of those days. <laughs> um, although, actually, I think part of it is just because I love all the other characters so much, much like you were saying. Um, but. Actually, I think, and really my note probably says it all. So under favorite character, I just wrote Feyre, always and forever. And then in parentheses, I wrote, and the rest of the Court of Dreams, and Lucian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I love all all of those characters so much. Um, And I think part of me, (laughs) because they're real, worries about offending them. In, in picking Feyre as my favorite, because I do love them all so much. But um, there's so much of her that, like, I would hope to be if I were in that situation. There's so much mm-hmm. of her that I identify with um, that I really think I could, I can probably safely say that she's my favorite in this, in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, although there's a lot of Reese um, that I, I mean, we talked about in depth about my unending love for Reese. Uh, (laughs) um, And there's a lot of the things that I, especially in this book that I identify with him too. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of like that whole um, (laughs) super healthy mentality of no matter what I do, it's not enough for the people that I love. Like I can Mm -hmm. always, I can always give more for the people I love. Like I said, super healthy mentality. I'm totally fine. <laughs> um, but I identify with that really strongly as well. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think, Fe- super long story short, I'm just going to say Feyre. But everybody okay. else, but everybody else knows that everyone else is right there with her. <laughs> it's like, it's like Feyre and then like not even a full step below. It's like everybody else. Okay. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. Because <laughs> I'm really good at picking it, favorites. I find it really cute that you're afraid of offending. Fictional characters? Fictional characters, yeah. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. If something ever happens and they become real, I don't, whatever. I, I don't want them to be like, we can't be friends because you, you, you didn't like me the best. And I, you know... I'd be like, well, let me tell you, I I love you guys. I do. Let's be friends. But also, Feyre! <laughs> <laughs> Can we be the bestest of friends? Oh, goodness. <sighs> You're really cute. Thanks. I hope you know that. I, I totally do. 
Did that sound convincing? Extremely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Because I'm uncomfortable talking about myself. Alex. What yeah. Was your, what was your favorite part in the book? Okay, so I had two favorite parts. I couldn't decide between the two. Okay. One of them is like a reoccurring instances kind I love of that thing. this is like your thing. Like I love when you do this because like oftentimes it helps me like, sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to tell you that I love that you have this theme of reoccurring Oh, things. thanks. And then one, my other favorite part is like just an actual scene. Cool. Um, so my first favorite part is like all of Nesta and Cassian's interactions. Okay. Like I just love the angst and the heat. Yes. And the frustration, the intensity, the banter, the insults. Yes. Like, they're all just so great. I'm here for it. And I think initially I wrote this down as my favorite part even before, like, any of the battles. Okay. And that's where their relationship, like, you can just see it takes even more steps. Yes. And they you see more interactions between them. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, we just need to start reading the next book that just came out that it's entirely about them. Yeah. Because or or at least mostly I guess we don't know if it's entirely about them. It mostly centers around them. Like, right. We don't know. It's it's uncharted territory. Unlike these ones, we haven't read it yet. I know. (laughs) I'm so ready. Like, Same. I could have started reading it two weeks ago. Was it I out mean, two weeks ago? This, no. Yeah. Uh, the 16th of February it came out. Okay. And today is the 7th of March. Oh my gosh, it's Pippin's birthday! Happy birthday, Pippin! To oh everybody listening, Pippin is one of my dogs. He's, he's nine today! <gasps> oh. Oh my goodness, he's such a little old man. But he's actually really not. He still acts like a puppy. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack your conversation. Um, okay. I just realized that it's my child's birthday. <laughs> my oh, fur baby's babe. birthday. Yeah, so then my next favorite part is a small scene. Okay. And it's... Um, is it in the first full-on battle with Highburn? Like, not the one in... Adriata, but like where they're like actually on the battle. I know exactly what you're about to talk about. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. You know. I know it. exactly. And I do. You see, Cassian uh-huh. just choose his target. Yes. With single-minded determination, and just go after him, annihilate him. And not Everyone. only him, but, like, everybody who gets in his way, too. Yes. Yeah. And then, and basically that, he, that just makes their enemy, like, run. Yeah. And hide. And I think for me, one of, well, I loved it for so many reasons. Like, one, <laughs> you get to see, like, how freaking amazing he is yeah. in terms of strategy and knowing like how to turn the tide of a battle mm-hmm. as well as just like physical prowess 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 yeah yes i can speak english that's okay um and then i think even more so it was the fact that like you know each 
individual in the court of dreams is there for a reason and like is very skilled in something and like plays a very big role in the court right um and you have seen some of what Asriel does you've seen Amran um you've seen some of more and while you have seen Cassian in that, like, he trains Feyre, and Feyre notes, I think, like, in the last book, that, like, he um, has to be very aware of, like, people's emotions, because mm-hmm. reading that is really part of his job. Right. Like, that scene just really shows so much more of, like, his ability and yeah. how how he actually is like one of the best warriors like in the or, history of like, history hands and down like, kind of the best yeah I and think, like yeah I was gonna say I think favorite is in <clears throat> I can also speak English really well um I think Feyre even has a moment when she's watching him battle and she's like so he he was bred for this like he this is where he shines and what I it's not one of my favorites but it it could be one of my favorites um, that I wrote down, I should say. Um, what I love so much about it is that Sarah, did I say Mass when I said her name earlier? I yes, don't remember. Yes, did. Okay, you good. Did. <laughs> Panicked all of a sudden. Um, what I think it's, I love so much about her writing, not just in this book, but in all of her books, is that she is so descriptive that any time, especially if there's, like, a really badass fight scene, like, I can just see it in my head. Like, there's just, like, it's like I'm watching a movie. Um, and I can just, I can see every step of that battle. And, oh, like, uh-huh. I don't, like, I like to think that I'm more evolved than this as a human being. And I don't l- like war at all. But, like, it's also very attractive. <laughs> That whole scene, like, <laughs> like, because you're already in love with this character, right? Like, who doesn't love Cassian? And then, like, I mean, just, whoo, <laughs> whoo, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that and just also to, like, understand his, like, talent and skill Mm -hmm. and have it described like you said in such amazing detail and like vividness that it's just like you understand it Mm -hmm. you're like wow I get it now I get like yes I there were inklings of like his greatness and like why he is who he is in terms of like leading Reese's armies but that's just and then by the the end of it he's leading literally the all of the army you know like yeah. every t- every time someone new shows up they're like they're they're ready for you and he's like oh, great mm-hmm. yeah because <laughs> that's paraphrasing that- <laughs> <laughs> in case you thought that was a direct quote it wasn't mm-hmm. yeah because that scene is just like the epitome of mm-hmm. him as this amazing warrior and general and tactician and mm-hmm. strategist and like superhero basically yeah for sure absolutely so (sighs) now that we've fangirled a little bit in circles about cassian (laughs) 
What were your favorite parts or favorite part? Well, you were right the first time. Of course, I didn't just have one. Um, And much like the last book, there's I love so much about this book that really I could be like, the whole book. Um, But where's the fun in that? (laughs) So I was able to... (laughs) I was able to narrow it down um, to three, I have three favorite parts. And really, I guess it could probably be um, described as like more of a theme, kind of like yours. Um, Because a, a lot of the reasons that they're my favorites are the same reasons. Um, mm. But so the first, my first favorite part, um, it's just, oh my God, it's so good, um, is Feyre leaving the spring court. Mm. Um, I, it's from the moment that she's about to leave and she sees that Ianthe is about to rape Cassie, or not Cassian, whoa, wrong person, Lucian, um, and she decides like she could slip off and leave him and but she won't do that to him. She can't do that to him. To killing the creepy twins to um like they're just like the whole escape and then but then really my favorite part is when they end up in the winter court and they're fighting. Oh my gosh. They're fighting on the ice and Cassian and Azriel show up. And I also love that part because I love Cassian and Asriel to pieces. But I also love that part because especially the part where, because it describes Cassian as hitting the ice first. And every time I read it, I think of him landing sort of in that like superhero pose. You know, it's like one knee up, fist on the ground, like, you know, right? Like that (laughs) superhero pose. But I always, I always, every time I reread this book, I always think to myself, like, was he planning, like, how he was going to make a dramatic entrance? Like, on the in their in their flight there, like, I have this funny idea in my head that, like, he and Azriel get to the, like, air right above where they're seeing their fight them fighting. And, like, somehow they're talking to each other. And Cassian's like, Azriel, watch this. It's going to be really cool. I'm, it's going to be so cool. And then he does it. But then, because then Azriel seconds later does the same sort of landing. So in my head, I like to think that... Cassian does it was like whoa that's so cool and then he's like and then he's like Asriel you should try it <laughs> and then Asriel does it too like it's just of course that's not what ha- probably what happened but like I just like to add that little part to it but it's just and then you know he's there and then he like Feyre is being held by Eris and but there's that like little moment where Cassian like looks at her and he's like I've trained you for this. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, come on. Like, let, give me the opening that I need to get between mm-hmm. you two. Um, so I just love that whole, that whole thing. But really, probably, I guess, just the the part in the Winter Court itself the most. Um, yeah, I think my f- two favorite parts about that fight scene in the Winter Court um, mm-hmm. are where he looks at her and his like you are capable. Yeah. Like, yes, I've, I trained you to do this, but you now have the capability to get yourself out of this situation. Right. And help me so I can help, help you. you. So yeah. 
And, like, her remembering that and realizing that. Right, exactly. And then her calling them off and saying, stop. Yeah. And them just immediately reacting. And I was like, (laughs) Absolutely. Because, very honestly, she realizes that if they kill Baron's sons, then they'll never get him on their side for the upcoming war. So... Like, it's just, like, her being her brilliant self and Cassian and Asriel being amazing. And, um, you know, it just, yeah, I just love that whole scene. So that's one of them. Uh, my next favorite part is uh, the High Lord meeting. Okay. And it's actually really funny because I both love and hate this part. <laughs> I love it for much of the same reason because it's really the whole court of dreams but really Feyre like being brilliant and strategic and but then also just a badass you know like and just I just love like Asriel handing Eris his ass I love Feyre handing Baron his ass <laughs> I love Reese handing Tamlin his ass like I just love <laughs> That, like, so basically, what you're saying is you like the court of dreams kicking ass and taking. I do, like, who doesn't? Like, it's just, it's just perfection. Um, and like, and I love that, like, this whole thing has been set up, this meeting has been set up, there are wards up around it so people can't attack each other. But the court of dreams is so powerful that it's like nothing's even there, that because they're just like. Right. Like, attacking people left and right. Like, not unprovoked, but, like, they're attacking people left and right. So, um, that, I just, I love that whole scene, and we can certainly talk more about it later, because don't worry, I have notes about it. Um, and then my third favorite part is, um, Asriel and Feyre saving Elaine. Um, Mm -hmm. for... Literally so many of the exact same reasons that I just said for all the other ones. It's Feyre, you know, stepping into her power, realizing what she can do to be a part of this amazing group of individuals, like what she brings to the table. I, you know, it's, it's Asriel. It's like a moment where you're like, I can't, excuse me. It's one of those moments where you're like, I don't know what's happening, but I love it. Right? Like, again, you see another side of Asriel and, like, his abilities that you're like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? Like, right. how did we not know about this before? That, like, he could or, literally become shadows? Like, Yeah. Or, like, we kind of knew about it, but, like, we we're like, how did we forget that he's also ridiculously powerful? Like, I think, and I think part of what it is is that she, she being Sarah, again, first name basis... Um, does such a good job. We're besties, obviously. (laughs) I mean, in my head we are, but that seems very (laughs) creepy. Yeah, she lets us, um, read her manuscripts before everyone else. Girl, don't let, no, don't let me do it. I would, I, something would happen and I would accidentally say something. Don't let me do it. Uh, um, but I think what it, part of what it is, is that she does such a good job of, 
especially with the Court of Dreams, showing them as that family unit and showing them as the gentle, soft individuals that they are, that we that we forget that they're also these ridiculously powerful, ridiculously dangerous individuals too. And so like, like you see the one side where they're going to bars and drinking and having fun and having dinner together and just enjoying being around one another and training and like all of these things. And then all of a sudden they're like in their element and you're like, Oh my God. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. He's the spy master for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Oh, he yes. and Cassian each have seven siphons for a reason. Like, you know, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, you know, so I just love that scene and I love that she won't leave the human girl behind. Like, I just, I think it's also just that scene in particular is just the epitome of who Feyre is, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, that's... Those are all really good parts. Thank I you. Like, I but then do you see it? favorite parts a lot. Do you see it? It is also kind of just like a theme because it's just Feyre and or other members of the court being amazing. <laughs> I mean, you could really say the majority of the book i know alex do you not remember what i said at the beginning of my favorite parts section really i could say the whole book is one of my favorite parts yeah okay okay that's fair that's fair if we're going if we're going with um the way that you've been going about favorite parts so far right then that makes sense for sure okay favorite quotes Okay, hold on. I realized I'm not prepared for this. I don't have my book pulled up. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. Hold on. You're fired. Hold on. I don't even remember what my favorite quotes are. Um, Okay. So, where is this? Okay, so this is during the summer solstice. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh was just freaking genius again. Um, she's, she's brilliant. Yeah. But she was thinking about how Reese um, saved her from her wedding. And she has this thought that says, he had saved me, helped me save myself. Yeah. Not just that, like, someone had saved her, but Mm -hmm. had allowed her to help herself get to where she needed to be, not, like, relying on someone else. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep, 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 yep. Um, Okay, and then... Mm -mm 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 -mm. I don't remember... Which time this was when they're, like, getting ready for something, whether it was, like, a battle or meeting, going to the Court of Nightmares or going to see all of the other, you know, whatever. Anyways, it was sometime, it was at night before one of those, and... Okay. Um... I just, like, it really just demonstrates to me the relationship between Reese and Feyre and how great it is and how much of a support system they are for each other. Okay. 
and I barely slept that night, twisting in the sheets until Reese woke and patiently listened to me murmur my fears until they were nothing but shadows. Yeah. He's so perfect. I know. (laughs) I wasn't, I was, dear listeners, I was not lying when I was talking last episode about, I have many fictional characters that I have fallen in love with in my years of reading, but man, he kind of really just knocks the socks off of all of them. (laughs) Right? Ugh. Yeah, for any men listening to this podcast, if you find yourself relating to Reese in any way. In any way. (laughs) You know, hit us up. (laughs) And we'll tell you at the end of the episode how you can get in touch with us. (laughs) Oh, we're pathetic. Okay, anyways, next quote. I like to think that we are adorable. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, potato, potato. Right. Exactly. Uh, Do you have another favorite quote? Yeah. So this one is one of the instances where they're talking to each other through the bond. Okay. And Ferris says to Reese, I see all of you, Reese, and there is not one part that I do not love without... Mm. Oh, man, I need to reread this over again because I'm just tripping over my own tongue. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to start crying, and I was like, yes! I'm not going to be the only one who cries on the podcast anymore! Dang it. Okay. Sorry to disappoint you. (laughs) This time. I will try to read (laughs) English properly. Okay. I see all of you, Reese, and there is not one part that I do not love with everything that I am. And I just really loved the combination of, like, loving each and every part of you Mm -hmm. with each and every part of me. You know, like how the, I don't know, there's always something to be said about, like, trying to accept yourself and, like, love... Mm -hmm you know, everything about yourself, which, I mean, kudos to people who actually do that, and, like, if they want to let me in on their secret, like, please Mm -hmm. do, um, and to do that, like, for your partner, and to, like, really let them know that is such a, like, a big deal. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Is that it? And then, nope, I have a couple more. Sorry. Yay! D- don't apologize. Okay, where is this in the book? I don't know, because I don't know what you're about to say. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay, I'm just saying. I can't help you, because I don't know what you're about to say. Although, if you say it, I can maybe help you say where it is. Okay, so this is as... um. Feyre and Asriel are preparing to go get Elaine back. Okay. Um, and I just love this, like, pep talk, basically, that okay. Reese gives to Feyre. Also, his, like, pep talk to all of them before the final battle was, oh, so good. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. Okay. <laughs> so, he says to Feyre... You do not fear, Reese breathed. You do not falter. You do not yield. 
Yes. I was like, yeah, Reese, if you told me that, I'd do anything for you too. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You're like, you're right. I don't yield. You're right. You're right. I am strong. I can do anything. Thanks for telling me that fake character in this book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Okay, so my final favorite quote is... Um, about the surreal and helping Feyre face the. I wonder if it's that's one of my favorite ones. What I'm is sure, it? I'm sure I don't it is. know how to pronounce the name of the mirror. The, the Ouroboros. Yeah. Um. And it says, "Only I could allow the bad to break me. Only I could own it, embrace it." And I was just like, yeah, that's something I really needed to hear. At least if only I could like internalize it (laughs) instead of just like recognizing that it's a great quote, recognizing that it's something that like I need to do for myself. And then that's so much easier said than done. Yeah. Okay. So after I took up all that time, Uh, those are my favorite quotes. Alex. How many times have you been like, I have one favorite quote. And I've been like, I've got three, (laughs) ten, a million, you know, whatever. I could sit and talk about quote. We could just make a whole second podcast called Book Quotes with Alex and Ellen. And (laughs) I would also be really excited to do that. So, you know, whatever. Maybe it'll happen. I think we need to make this first one a success before we try anything else. Alex, in my eyes, it's already a success. Even if it's just us and our families that end up listening to this forever, I I think it's still a success. So there's that. So (laughs) you can't tell me otherwise. (laughs) Okay. So I have three favorite quotes. Whoa, I had more favorite quotes than you did? Yes, but my last favorite quote is really, it's not really long, but it's long, so. Is it his, is it his pep talk to them? Yeah, it sure is. Oh, that was so good. I was like, it was actually really funny because when you were like. for you, like. Yeah, but like when you were like, especially his pep talk, and I was like, oh, funny you should mention that. Um, Okay, so my first favorite quote is uh, Feyre is still in the spring court, but it's right before she leaves. And she wakes up, um, and, and this time she's sharing a tent with Ianthe. And she wakes up, and she's contemplating slitting her throat in mm. her sleep. And um, she says to herself, or thinks to herself, <clears throat> I wasn't sure I'd been born with the ability to forgive. Not for terrors inflicted on those I loved. For myself, I didn't care, not nearly as much. But there was some fundamental pillar of steel in me that I could not bend or break in this. Cannot stomach the idea of letting these people get away with what they'd done. And first of all, I was like, yes, Feyre. But also, it's something that kind of struck a chord with me. Because I um, really kind of identify with that. I can... Um, and maybe not so much the forgiving part, like maybe I can forgive, but I can't forget what people do to the people I love, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, I really identified with that, um, quote. And then I also just wish that she just would have killed her. (laughs) (laughs) 
but whatever. I know. <laughs> she gets to kill her in a much more fun way that we can talk about later. That's um, very true. And then um, my next quote is funnily enough also with the serial, but it's not quite the part that you said. It's what the serial says to her that makes her think what your favorite quote was. Oh, okay. Which is, only you can decide what breaks you, curse breaker. Only you. And I was like, you're right. You're right, Serial. Only I can decide what breaks me. And then I'm like, but I'm also like, like you. Now, how do I actually internalize that? Instead of having a fake conversation with a book character saying, you're right. (laughs) I know. That's the hardest part is like, no matter what people tell you, like, mm-hmm. that doesn't actually help you in anything. Like, you have to internalize it and process it and do what you will with it for there to actually be yes. any change. And, like, that's so much easier said than done. Oh, my gosh. Right? My goodness. But also the surreal dying and Alex. you just realizing that he could have been part of the court of dreams. I know. Don't worry. I have some... We can talk about that. Ugh. Frickin' frick. All right. My last quote. I'm gonna try to get through without crying. Good luck. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, And it's Reese's speech to them before the final battle. <clears throat> if you'd like to follow along in your books, it's page 612 of the hardcover copy. Uh... Reese looked them each in the eye, even my sister's, his hand brushing the back of my own. Do you want the inspiring talk or the bleak one? He asked. We want the real real one, Amrin said. Reese pushed his shoulders back, elegantly folding his wings behind him. I believe everything happens for a reason, whether it is decided by the mother or the cauldron or some sort of tapestry of fate. I don't know. I don't really care, but I'm grateful for it, whatever it is. Grateful that it brought you all into my life. If it hadn't, it's happening. I might have become as awful as that prick we're going to face today. If I had not met an Illyrian warrior in training, he said to Cassian, I would not have known the true, shoot, (laughs) the true depths of strength, of resilience, of honor and loyalty. Cassian's eyes gleamed brightly. Reese said to Asriel, if I had not met a shadow singer, I would not have known that it is the family you make not the one you are born into that matters. I would not have known what it is to truly hope, even when the world tells you to despair. <sighs> we're gonna we're gonna make it through. It's fine. You can do it. <laughs> Azriel bowed his head in thanks. Moore was already crying when Reese spoke to her. Shoot. <laughs> me too, Reese. Me too. <laughs> do you need me to read it? Let me know. I got it. If I had not met my cousin, I would never have learned that light can be found in even the darkest of hells. That kindness can thrive even amongst cruelty. She wiped away her tears as she nodded. I waited for Amrin to offer a retort, but she was only waiting. Reese bowed his head to her. <laughs> if I had not met a tiny monster who hoards jewels more fiercely than a fire drake. A quiet laugh from all of us at that. Reese smiled softly. My own power would have consumed me long ago. Reese, oh no, this is going to be the worst part. Reese squeezed my hand as he looked t- to me at last. And I had, n- and if I had not met my mate, his world, his world, oh my gosh, his words failed him as silver lined his eyes. He said, said down the bond, I would have waited 500 more years for you, a thousand years. And, as, and if this was all the time we were allowed to have, then the wait was worth it. 
He he wiped away the tears sliding down my face. I believe that everything happened exactly the way it had to, so I could find you. He kissed another tear away. And then he said to my sisters, we have not known each other for long, but I have to believe that you were brought here into our family for a reason too. And maybe one day we'll find out why. He surveyed them all again and held out his hand to Cassian. Cassian took it and held out his other for more. Then more extended her other to Azrael, Azrael to Amran, Amran to Nesta, Nesta to Elaine, and Elaine to me, until we were all linked, all bound together. Rhi said, we will walk into that field and only accept death when it comes to haul us away to the other world. We will fight for life, for survival, for our futures. But it is decided... But if it is decided by the tapestry of fate or the cauldron or the mother that we do not walk off that field today, his chin lifted. The great honor of my life has been to know you, to call you my family, and I'm grateful more than I can possibly say that I was given this time with you all. We are grateful, Reese and Amron said quietly, more than you know. He gave her a small smile and the others murmured their agreement. He squeezed my hand again as he said, then let's go make Hibern very ungrateful to have known us, too. Uh, you know what my note was about that? What? Ugh, Reese's pre-battle speech was amazing. Ellen, did you cry? <laughs> no, why, why, why would you? Why are you asking? I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Ugh. And it's so funny. As you wipe I, your face of your tears. I know. <laughs> And it's so funny because, like, as I was trying to pick, like, I was trying to pick parts of that to be my favorite quote. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, unlike other times where I can sometimes take, like, a part of it, I was like, I can't. Like, this whole, it's just, so thanks for bearing with me. I told you it was kind of long. My other ones were shorter, so I hope that made up for it. Um, thanks for listening to me <laughs> cry read on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um I think it's pretty self-explanatory why that was my favorite, so I don't really think I need to talk too much more about it. Mostly because I, I'll save my, te- my my more tears for other notes that I have later on. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. <sighs> so, so I mean, we've already sort of started digging into it, but let's dig in further. Okay, so obviously. I would say the majority of my notes are from the first section of the book. Okay. Not because there isn't a lot going on, because there is a lot going on. But I think it was easier for me to, like, pause and take a note during that section than it was for me to do so later on in the book, where it was more like, I gotta keep reading, gotta keep reading. Yeah. Um, even though I've read this book before and I know what happens, but for some reason, <laughs> it's, um, no, it's I, again, I think it's the beauty of her writing. She just, you get sucked into it every time, no matter how many times you've read it before. Yeah. But the first thing that I wanted to talk about was actually the prologue because I totally forgot that that was how this book opened. Oh yeah. And like, you just, she just guts you like right, right off the bat yeah. with, these memories from the war and it just leaves you with this like sinking feeling like oh my god like is this what this book's going to be about because Mm -hmm. we're about to enter another war with like all the same players from 500 years ago like plus a couple new we're screwed like yeah absolutely 
And, like, just, like, the hours that Reese spent searching every fallen Illyrian, hoping that it wasn't Cassian and Asriel. Like, I imagine that it's got to be, like, immediate relief when it's not them. And then seeing the next one and just being, again, just immediate dread. Like, I just can't even imagine the, like, emotional, like... I can't imagine the emotional toil that war takes on anybody, period. But, like, especially when we know how much Cassian and Asriel mean to him, you mm-hmm. know, and how much he loves them. Yeah. Um, then I, like, just extra can't imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I want to talk about a lot about the like first part of the book where she is in the spring court. Great. I have so many notes about that too. (laughs) Yeah. So first of all, I just wanted to like talk about it in general because I remember in past rereads that like I've had a hard time with this section of the book before. Interesting. Just because you then know later on, like, how short-sighted their vengeance is. Like, Mm -hmm. they think that it's very strategic. And while it is, it's actually also extremely problematic because you find out that, like, Tamlin was going to try to, like, fight Hybern in any way that he could and basically... They've just shattered any ability for him to do so and, like, really yeah, put but if he had, themselves yes. in, like, such a terrible position because of what they did. And, um... True. Because of that and, like, because you see... Like, obviously you don't know that the first time you read the book, right? So... Right. Like, it's very easy to enjoy, like, the vengeance and everything in the first part of the book. But since that first time reading through it, I've had Mm -hmm. a hard time getting through the first section until this time. I don't know why, but for some reason... You're having a lot of those this this I know, where, like, this reread is different than others. Yeah. That, like, I was just along for the ride like (laughs) I enjoyed it so much like I I just like I have so many notes about like how brilliant she is and how like genius some of the stuff was and like yeah I I just absolutely loved it and almost wished that like she had been there longer and like done more (laughs) shit Right. So I don't know what it says about me, but even though I know that it's, it will cause issues in the future, every time I reread this, I'm like, yes, make them pay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Even though logically I know that it's going to cause, you know, after that first read through, like you said, it's going to cause some, some issues in the future. Um, But it's interesting because like, Listening to you say that, it's, like, it's very funny because, yes, it will cause issues in the future. And so then you're a little bit like, come on, Feyre, like, come on, Reese, like, maybe you guys should have seen that coming. But then it's also a little bit like, 
how how did this all of a sudden become kind of their fault when really nobody would have been in this situation if Tamlin hadn't sided with Hyburn? Which, as a side note, just because um, nobody else can see my notes, you know, I type my notes on my phone, and uh, Hyburn always changes to Hubert. Um <laughs> And as I'm sitting here looking at my notes, I did not catch every time it changed it to Hubert. <laughs> so just as a fun little anecdote, like, I think we should aff- affectionately refer to the king. We could just call the king Hubert. <laughs> Hub- <laughs> Hubert of Highburn. Um, you know, because like, like it. Um, but yeah, like, it's just, it's very interesting because then, I, of course, then I sit and I think, well, how would I, how would I react in this situation? And I think the real answer is, I think most anybody would have at least similar reactions to what Feyre had in that situation. Like, kind of, consequences be damned, you know, like... Mm-hmm. At least I hope everybody would sort of have that reaction because I feel like I would have that reaction. So I'm hoping that I'm not. I mean, clearly I'm not alone, right? Because Favorite felt that way. But um, I'm just hoping like real people also had that (laughs) Uh, so that I can not feel so. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think. Sorry, go go ahead. Oh, I was going to kind of change course. So if you were going to say something about the same thing, then. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking about one of the reasons why I think I was so into this section of the book this time is because it really hit me, like, how I would not be able to do any of this. Like, Mm. I am such a bad liar. Like, I'm my expressions are always all over my face. Like, I have no idea what my face says. Like, I think often it gives off the impression of, like, something that I don't even recognize is happening as Mm -hmm. I'm saying something because I get reactions from people where I'm like, what the fuck? As someone who knows and loves you very well, or knows you very well and loves you, um, I will say that that's accurate. Hey, at least I I recognize that about hey. myself. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the whole thing of like her, like watching her facial expressions and like very specifically, like making a smile come up into her eyes mm-hmm. and like strategically. The fact that she practiced it in the mirror for hours. Brilliant. I know, like, all of these, like, very minute details that she pays attention to and are extremely critical, Mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't be able to do any of that. Like, especially with the facial expressions, like, (laughs) I would have been found out, like, as soon as I got there. I wonder if you're selling yourself short, though. Like, I wonder if if it were something more life and death, I wonder if you would be able to do it. Maybe not. Maybe not, but maybe you could. So don't sell yourself well, short. Considering kiddo. that I currently have no feel like I have no control over my own facial expressions, so we're just going to <laughs> say we're, that I would find it very maybe, difficult. Maybe not. Okay, got it. Okay, cool. Um, so what I was gonna say was, so one thing that I love about this whole thing, and there's many things I love about this whole 
part of the book. Uh, but one of the things that I love <laughs> is how um, Tamlin is eating it up. He's eating out of the palm of her hand. And I just love that Lucian is like, ah! <laughs> like, I just, I just love that he, like, he can't, I just love that he can't figure it out. Because I, you know, I like the idea that he is squirming a little bit. Because he's, you know, he has some atoning for what's happening to do. You know, not, you know, obviously, as we know, because he doesn't have really any real power in the court. Like, it's not mm-hmm. even predominantly his fault. But he, you know, he was certainly part of it, you know. Right. Um, and so he has some atoning to do, too. And I just... um I just love, like, the number of times that, she, like, she would do something and then she'd, like, look over and Lucian would be like, um, <laughs> or, like, you know, like, I just, um, I don't know. It just yeah brings me endless joy that she gets to also, um, uh, I don't know. Like, and I, th- and I, and I like that she's aware that he's aware that maybe there's more going like I just mm-hmm. oh my gosh all the foil fold, folds is really what I meant to say not foils like just within themselves just perfection oh, um yeah. I yeah yeah so I think a lot of my notes in this part of the book are like just highlighting some of the things that I loved about like how calculated she was. Yeah. Um but Same. a lot of my other notes were like I don't think I picked up fully to the extent that you see that they're being poisoned. And, like, oh, yeah. not recognizing it. And I, like, really picked up on yeah, it this time. for sure. And I was so frustrated. I was like, you have a headache. You've never had a headache from your magic before. This isn't because you're just using, like, your or magic you haven't, too much. Or you haven't had it since you were first training yourself with your magic. Yeah. Like, there are so many headaches. Uh... Tamlin has a headache one time. Right. Um, and then the the twins check for poison in their own wine at the solstice. And I was like, can I tell you? Why so haven't was... you been checking for poison? Like, if that's something that they can do with their magic, that means that's something you can do with their magic. And why right. aren't you on top of this? On the flip side, though, she wouldn't have noticed it, right? Because it's there to dampen your... Uh, power that's it it's really funny though because that's one of the things that i noticed in this read through as well about them um about the twins about branna and dagden um in that solstice is when she invites them up and they're like no 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 and then i'm like oh because they already know what she's doing and the thing is, is i don't think they're 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 making a show of testing for poison and that's what Feyre assumes, but they're like, they're trying to buy time so that they don't have to drink this stuff that has the Feybane in it, right? And like, this was one of my first times, or this was my first time in a read-through where I was like, oh my god! 
God. They, like, Sarah was, like, hitting us over the head with it. Like, and, of course, the first time we're like, what? <laughs> They've been being poisoned this whole time? Like, yeah, right? Like, you have, you have no idea it's coming. Like, Alex, even, that's why rereading books is so much fun. Even with them, like, when she's eating that apple in front of them, and they just, yes. like, pay so much attention to that apple and, yes. like, give each other a look, you, you're like, that's odd. Why do they care that she's eating an apple? Yeah, like, and then you, like, pass over it because you have, like, no, absolutely no idea what's coming. Do they not have apples in Highburn? Like, oh, I know. She's, yeah. Such a genius writer. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. in mm-hmm. a good way. In a good way, of course. So, um, I some of my notes are just, like, little snippets of interactions with Feyre and various members of the court or people who are at the spring court. Okay. Um, for this beginning part. And my first one, and, and a lot of them actually also center around how even though she's there to bring the spring court down, she and Lucian are bonding again. Like they're becoming friends again, which I think really speaks to the friendship that they built in the, you know, first book, you know, obviously, cause she was not there for most of the second book. Um, and I think it also speaks to, his truer character, right? Like he, he was not okay with what happened either, you know? Um, and so like, it's just like interesting things from like the beginning when they, she's about to talk to Ianthe for the first time since her sisters returned and she, you know, is spouting off the lies that, or the things that Tamlin has been telling her, like, oh, she's here to, um, you know, she did that. She dragged my sisters into this because she wanted the alliance to be strong. And it's like just like little things would like he, he says to her, you're smarter than that. Like, like he's like helping goad her like into things. And like, it's interesting because like, you know, he's referred to as the fox so many times in this book. And in the first book, obviously, he was wearing a fox mask, mm-hmm. you know, and he um and he's, but he's, even though he's still in the spring court and even though he's still serving Tamlin, he's, he's playing both sides, you know, like he's, he's using what little power he has to try and undermine things. Um, it, and it's just, I just love it. It's yeah. Just so good. I, I love all of the slight nuances and the amount of like master planning and layers that were yeah. necessary for all of the things that she did. So oh I've been pronouncing I've been pronouncing her name Ianth. Um Okay. I I don't know. Um but is there like a pronunciation guide for these books at all? Um, so there is one for the first book for sure. Um, and there's not one, I don't think in this one, I'm just checking here quickly. Yeah, there's not one in this one, but, um, I think Ianthe is, I want to say that I've heard it somewhere before. Um, 
I want to say in a Greek myth, but I don't know which one and if it's even accurate. Um, okay. But if it is in a Greek myth, then we then we know that oftentimes when there's like an E at the end of a name, it makes that E sound like um, Aphrodite, uh... Ianthe other ones that I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, okay. So I was pretty sure that I was saying it right. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're saying it right, but in my head, her name is still Ianth. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, it's just Ianth and Carlizzle. <laughs> okay. That's not as bad as Carlizzle. I mean, you're right, but... I, I don't think it's Ian. Okay, fine. Whatever. If it makes you feel better, though, when I first started reading Greek mythology, I was just reading it on my own, and I was, um, anytime Aphrodite was mentioned, I just called her Aphrodite. So, if it makes you feel any better. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know that that helps, but okay. Okay. Thanks for trying. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just like the way that everything she did was nudging not only people into making, like into changing their opinions about things. Right. And about her and Tamlin and Lucian and their relationship, but also in nudging people to have specific reactions Mm -hmm. to put other things in place so that another action would occur. And it was just, like, so genius. Like, if only the twins hadn't been expecting something and hadn't been poisoning them, like, she would have gotten away clean with, like, everything. Um, yeah. So, I agree. Is the short is the short end of that? It's it's just like ridiculously masterful, like planning. And I am right there with you. Like I would not be able to do, like I think I could do the lying part, but I think that's about it. Like, like I don't think I'd be able to plan any. Like I would try to plan something, and then I'd be like, maybe that'll work. Like. <laughs> And it just, like, I just, yeah, I can't even, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but, like, the whole thing of, like, nudging Ianthe to, like, react in a specific way Mm -hmm. that makes Tamlin choose between his sentries and her and makes Feyre, like, the savior of, like, the people and, like, the voice of reason and, uh, there's just, and then how she's constantly, like, making Tamlin second-guess everything with Lucian and... Oh my gosh, I know. Oh, so many good things, so many good things. I might just have to reread that, that first part of the book again, (laughs) just... Go for it. Because. Yeah. There was one thing specifically, though, that I wanted to talk about that kind of, like, 
didn't sit right with me. Um, Was it the fact that these twins were definitely having sex together? Because that does not sit right with me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's that too. But no, that's not what I wanted to bring up. Okay. Um, Just as as a side note. Just as a side note, that was Horrifically disgusting. Yeah. um, Brings back Game of Thrones vibes in a bad way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was... One of the instances where Feyre and Turian were talking as they were, like, camping or whatever mm-hmm. to go look at the wall. To visit the wall. Right. And Turian was talking about how he knew Reese in the war and how they fought together in the war and how, like, he was one of the best people that, like, he's ever met. And it got me thinking about how it's possible that, that like everyone who was around during the war time cuz yeah. like yes there are some people like Reese is older than other people but not everyone who was in the war like isn't still living today like how right. how did everyone go from knowing the person that he was to just accepting the persona that he took on as soon as he became the High Lord. And, like, why weren't more people questioning that instead of immediately seeing him as he wanted them to see him? Versus Jurian was like, I don't believe, like, anything that he's been I think on one hand, it's because Jurian fought in closer quarters with him than many of the other like you know maybe they heard about him or maybe they you know knew that he was fighting on the good side you know like but like Jurian fought side by side with him right so they were definitely in much closer quarters than other people and then I think the other side of it is if someone shows you again and again and again for years and years and years that they are one way, even though it goes against maybe something that you knew about them, you know, you're, you're going to start believing them. And especially since it's after the war, like maybe they just assumed that the war broke something in him or, yeah. um, or becoming high Lord, like broke something, you know, like maybe getting all that extra power changed his mind, you know, like, you know, I think it's, Something more along the lines like that. Okay. I guess I guess I can see all of those things. I so. guess you're making a lot of fear. <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah. So. I have a note about a page, but I don't really know what it means. So, there's that. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's, I think it's the first trip that they take to the wall, to the one that's closest to the house, where it's just like a day trip, Mm -hmm. and they don't have to camp yet. And, um... They're talking and planning about things... And I just, there was something I liked 
about this, but I can't quite figure out. So it's like Lucian and Feyre and the twins are all talking and they're like planning their excursions and like figuring out where each of these three holes are. Mm-hmm. And then um I don't know. But it's just it's just Lucian and he's like whatever you're planning it'll land us knee deep in shit. That's the part that I liked the most, but I I guess I can't really figure I mean like he can I think it's just another instance of him knowing that she's planning something, but I don't really, I don't really know more than that. So sorry, everybody. Nice note taking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got there because then my next note also helps it. It's them. It's him knowing that she's planning something, even though she's like, but not knowing ex- exactly what she's doing. And then the okay. next part is, um, I just wrote bonding again, and it's, you know, he, she asks him, or he says to her, don't. She says to him, you don't trust me after all we've been through. And then he frowns. And then she says, if you'd been alive during the war, what side would you have fought on? And he's like, oh, I would have fought for the human fey alliance. And she's like, even if your father wasn't? And he's like, especially if my dad wasn't. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then she goes, but you're here now, ready to march with Highburn. And then he says to her, I did it for you, too, you know. I went with him to get you back. Um, and then she's like, I never realized how powerful guilt can be, which, holy crap, can guilt be powerful, right? Um, and then he talks to her about how he was the one who beat Tamlin back to the manor the day that Tamlin locked her in the house. And he talks about um, his guilt but then he says to her she you know she says to him thank you for coming to highburn to save me and he admits to her that it was a trap and that it was not what he thought was going to be happening there that day like he you know and so it's just like that's the real first step that you see of them like growing closer to each other outside of her manipulations you know mm-hmm. like they're actually taking steps um but it's also her manipulating him because it's also like, you know, because then at the end of that interaction, you know, they're like, she's like, their knees are pressed against each other. They're like leaning into each other to having this big heart to heart. And Jurian's like, woo, Lucian, like, watch out, sir. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, God, she's so brilliant. Um, and then, she but really then we is. find out, so I want to talk about, there's a lot of things I want to talk about about Ianthe, but what I want to talk about is her and Lucian in general, them on Cal and Mai, and Oh, then that broke my heart. Every time. Tamlin was so selfish and made Lucian do that instead. Like, literally... Tamlin, like, you're High Lord. I don't care that you don't want to be High Lord, but, like, this is your responsibility. And also, like, does he have... That's the thing that I've wondered ever since... So, like, in the first book, right, she's talking to Lucian... uh, She, Feyre, is talking to Lucian about Cal and Mai when she's learning about it the first time. And he's like, every High Lord does it. But I'm like, does every High Lord do it? Because we don't ever hear Reese talking about the night that he has to go have sex with someone in the cave. Like, we don't 
and of course we don't hear much about the other courts. So like, I don't know if every court does it, but like, is this just another one of those things like the tithe where it's how right. it's been done. And, and so, so he just keeps mm-hmm. doing it. Like, does he have to, is there like a different ritual that he could do? Does he have to have his oldest and maybe kind of only like real friend, like <laughs> do something that's super against his will. Like it's just, I just, yeah, it just, it's heartbreaking because um, it's another, it's a, just another situation where Lucian will do something for Tamlin that Tamlin would not be willing to do in return, you know? And it's just another glimpse into how abusive Tamlin is, you know, not just to Feyre, but to mm-hmm. Lucian, you know? Like, it's just... Like how but I just I love his that relationship. Yeah. Are. Um, I just love that interaction, though, because Lucian tells her that he's the one who does the right on Cal and Mai. And she was like, I should have been there to stop it. Like, you shouldn't have had to do that. Um, and she means it. Right. Like she a thousand percent means it. And then he says to her, like, you're a much better friend to me than I've ever been to you. Like. And he's, I think that's, like, more than anything, I think that's the first step where he's realizing, like, how much more he could have been doing, you know? Or maybe not the first, it's the first time that we see how much he's realizing how much more he could have been doing to help her than what he was already doing, you know? Like, kind of like in the last book when you were talking about how you were mad at him that he didn't get her out of there. Like, I think this is him realizing that maybe he should have tried to do something to get her out of there, you know? Mm -hmm. Kind of like, damn the consequences. At the same time, like, he's only had his relationship with his brothers and Tamlin. And then, like, his yeah. one romantic relationship that ended poorly. Well, the, like... one, the one that we know about. Like, I would imagine, based on his description, that he's had many romantic partnerships. But, like, his big romantic right, relationship. Right, right. His, yeah. like, one where, like, he thought she was it. Right. Um, so, like, maybe similar to Tamlin, he just has never had a friendship that's taught him, like, a healthy way to be... Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's what he's he's realizing here, is that he he has not had a healthy example for what friendship and, and family should be. Um, um, I have a note here about... I have two notes, actually. Uh, but they're a little bit farther apart. But about Alice... And I just yes, oh, she's amazing. We love Alice. Um, But my first note is when it's she's helping her get ready for the solstice, and um, she's like doing her hair, and she's talking to Feyre, and that sneaky little lady. (laughs) She's like, um, you know, she's like, I was, I was here that day, Feyre. Like I. I know exactly what happened. I know that she came to save you. Yeah. And then she's basically like, so 
whatever you've got planned, just leave my nephews out of it. Which is actually really funny because the first few times that I read this book, when she says to her, leave my boys out of it, I guess I forgot about her nephews. And at first, and for the first few times, I kept thinking she meant Lucian and Tamlin, which I was, which I was like... Alice, you know that's why she's here. Like, why would you say leave my boys out of it? But then it was like this time that I read through it and I was like, oh, da, Ellen. <laughs> she means her nephews that she's literally done everything for. Like, yeah. Duh, you, you dummy. Like, come on. <laughs> Which, of course, makes so much more sense. Like, because she knows why Feyre's there. Like, why would she? <laughs> and so I was like, Okay, way to be ridiculously dumb about it. That's okay. We all have our moments. <laughs> Not me. I'm perfect. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I um right before like the solstice itself happens, which let's talk about that. Oh, another um, just like genius move upon genius move upon genius move. Yeah. So there's this little part where she, um, they're like getting to the place. Um, they got to the hill. Tamlin helps her off the horse. Like, of course, she's like dressed in white. She's on this right. like, beautiful white horse. Like everything. Like at first you're like, oh, that's nice that she's on a pretty horse, but you don't realize that it's all part of the major plan. Yeah, exactly. So right. So like, so then she's he helps her off the horse. She's she's remembering last year at this time. She can see he's remembering it. She wants him to be remembering it, uh, which we don't know at this time. But she's like, it's all part of the plan. Um, and she's like, a year ago, he'd kissed me on this day. Like, I wonder if he also remembered, blah, blah, blah. And then um, she and then she says, I wonder if. Tamlin also remembered another day all those months ago when I'd worn a different white gown when there had also been flowers strewn about, which of course she's talking about her wedding. Mm -hmm. And then she says, when my mate had rescued me after I decided not to go through with the wedding, some fundamental part of me knowing it wasn't right. And I I had believed I didn't deserve it and hadn't wanted to burden Tamlin, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, starts thinking about how Reese would have let her do it. Like, even though it would have like completely shattered him, like if she was going to be happy, he would have let her do it. Uh, it's the, your favorite quote, Mm -hmm. he saved me, helped me save myself. Yeah. Um, and then, um, she notices that Tamlin is staring at her empty ring finger, right? And she, um, she starts thinking like, well, he doesn't know that Lucian hid the evidence. Like, what is he thinking about the fact that my ring is just gone? Like, he doesn't know what happened to it. And then, um... And then she goes, for a heartbeat, I pitied him. Pitied that not only Lucian had lied to him, but Alice as well. How many others had seen the truth of my suffering and tried to spare him from it? And I am like, like, this is another one of the times where, like, I've read that line eight or nine times. Like, however many times I've reread this book. But this was the first time that I was like, oof. Like, yeah, like how many like there are so many people working in his court and nobody did anything to help her. Like mhm. Just awful. Yep. Mhm. 
<sighs> yeah, because they thought they were doing their high lord a favor by either ignoring the problem or not acknowledging that there was a problem or yeah. or they were just too to... or they were just too scared of him. Yeah. Yeah. So, my next note says favor at the ritual. So we can talk about that if you want to. Otherwise, my next couple notes are about the nightmare and the trap she set for Lucian and Tamlin. Um, what do you want to talk about? That was so good because I Thank remember, you. I remember the first time I read that that like I didn't mm-hmm. realize that she purposefully, like, gave herself nightmares or like remembered. Mm-hmm. like horrible things and like mm-hmm. did that all for show like i yeah. didn't pick up on that the first time i read and through it. it's you? really interesting no because what i realized this time it's how sarah writes it because what she does is she writes it as if she's actually scared and then mm-hmm. only after tamlin finds them does Feyre start being like and of course that's how this went because i did this and i did this and so and it's i made just sure like, like the scent of fear was on me and he could see like the sweaty sheets in my room and like, Oh, and I just happened to be wearing this lingerie, like a nightgown, not because it was hot, but. (laughs) And like, where's Lucian's shirt? Why does he look disheveled? Like also like he's holding me and like the description of him holding her is so sweet. And then I'm like, I'm like, right? Because, like, she hugs him first, and then it's like, he wrapped his one arm around my waist, and then he held my head and was like, I'm so sorry, or something like that. And I'm like... And then I feel so bad that, like, she's manipulating him because he's, like, finally being, like, such a good person and, like, trying to help her. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, that too. But, like, it's just so freaking brilliant. Like, I just... Oh my god. Like it's just I can't even. Yep. I just can't I just can't even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the is the short end of it. Um Oh, but I guess I skipped over you wanted to talk about the I mean can I tell you mostly what I want to say about the ritual is exactly what I just said. Like she's so brilliant. Moving the stone, getting the light to end up on her, using her light to seem holy like oh my yeah, god having like, her and lucian the only ones like on that side like standing up against highburn yes. um her on the white horse with the white dress like being yes. the savior and yeah mm-hmm. it's just it's just ridiculous how oh my god how brilliant she is and and this is funny because this part comes after the nightmare part, but like even in this part, they don't know it. Um, but so she says after that, when Tamlin like takes her to her room, she says uh, like a nightmare. I told Tamlin, I was the nightmare, and I'm like, yes, you are. Like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and they don't even know to how much, and we at that point we still don't even know how much of the nightmare that she is, right? Because then from there. Um, she talks to Lucian again about after he, like, she asks him about how bad it was after she was gone. And Lucian's like, it was horrible. You saw your room. He killed the sentries that had been on duty. And I just, I remember that part. Like, 
that part just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, and then, you know, because Lucian's like, I tried to stop him and he would not listen to me and he killed them. And it's like, that hit me really hard too. I'm like, could you have a larger temper tantrum? You giant man baby. Like, (laughs) I know. And the thing is, is like, okay, wreck a room. Like, you're rich. That isn't. Like, it's a big deal, but there's a difference between that and, like, ending people's lives due to your temper. Right. And it's not even their fault, right? Like, they, yeah. Like, it's just, it's like the whole killing the messenger versus the, you know, like, I just, (sighs) yeah, it just, yeah. Because she's like, you didn't stop him. And he's like, I tried. I begged him for mercy. And he didn't listen. And it's just, just, it just makes me, like, I, this book especially has me, every time I read it, has me oscillating so much about the amount of hate I have in my heart for Tamlin. Because I, it's there, and it's always there, but, like, at some points I hate him a lot more, and then at other points I'm like, I still hate you? Because, like, you have caused a lot of problems here, sir. Mm-hmm. But, like, maybe I hate you less. And then it's like, Mom, maybe I hate you again a lot more. And then I'm like, maybe I hate you le-. Like, I just, it's such, <laughs> it's such, like, a weird, like, seesaw effect. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, obviously, that's all done on purpose. Like, he is one of those characters where you can't make up your mind and Sarah J. Mass like, very purposefully continues to, like, increase that seesaw effect, like, throughout the oh, yeah. entire um, series. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my next note is about the children of the blessed and the twins. Okay. Um... Oh, yeah, I guess the one thing that I forgot to say about, like, when he killed the sentries is it was very revealing that, like, everyone just keeps providing excuses for his actions. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That. And I'm and I'm sitting over here like, it's 2021. We are not making excuses for abusers. <laughs> I mean, I guess, when was this book written? 2018? 2019? No. <laughs> <laughs> What year does this does this take place in? Dear Spring Court, we we do not make excuses for abusers. <laughs> Sincerely, Ellen. <laughs> yes, that's so true. Um I'm trying to think if my next notes happen. I guess They happen afterwards? Is the the Children of the Blessed, that's during their first venture No, it's their second. I think it's their second one. Because they, they wake up. Because they're, they're camping. Because that's also when Feyre and Lucian are sharing a tent. And Jurian opens the tent and is like, you guys got to get out here. But he also notices that, like, 
But that's, they were cuddling. That's the first time because the next time Tamlin and Ianthe. No, that but that's the third time. Oh, so the fir- third. Oh, yeah. Because remember three. the right, first. Right, right. Because right, right, the right. first time is just a day trip because it's so close that they can just do a day right, trip. Okay. And then the second trip, Tamlin goes with on the third trip because of what Feyre and Lucian. That that is my next note is what they did. At, yeah. Right. So that's, all right. In retaliation for the children right. of the blessed. Right. Okay. Now so it's all they, coming back to me. Okay. Right. So they find the children of the blessed. Yeah. Um. Feyre gets them to leave. Right. She goes in their minds. She gets them to leave. And she thinks it's all said and done. And then these disgusting, horrifying twins, Branna and Dagden, <sighs> go out, find them. And then not only do they kill them, but they torture them. And not only do they do that, but they bring them back to do it at camp to send a mes- message to Feyre because they're pissed that they she didn't let them do it in the first place. And so what do Feyre and Lucian do? They send the Boggy after them. <laughs> yep. I That is my next note about, I, um, <laughs> like, one, that. To how she goads Tamlin into confronting her about it. Yes. And goading him into exploding again yep. and hurting That's, her mm-hmm. and having everyone in the court, like, see that he hurts her. And, and hurts then, her so badly that if she was still human, she'd be dead. Yes. Yes, yes exactly. And then... That just leads to, like, the continued baiting of Ianthe and Tamlin. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to, like, the Naga attacks. It's, like, it's all so interwoven. Right? And it's... Him him punishing, the, him punishing the sentry, even after it's very clear that Ianthe was behind it. Like... Mm-hmm. And choosing the high priestess... Over, over his centuries, centuries even though who had been dying for him yes for... one that they had been sacrificing themselves for him for years and mm-hmm. then two that like everyone there knows that she's lying and yet he still takes her word over yep someone else's yeah yeah it's just horrifying um yeah so, my next my next note is my second note about Alice. Okay, so my I have one note before my next note about Alice. Great. And it's again about the freaking Fabane and how she should have realized it was happening. Yeah. And this is literally what I wrote. <laughs> Favra, damn it. Your wounds aren't healing. You're getting headaches. Mm. Can't you figure out that something is wrong before it's too late? Yeah. Like, come on, the wounds not healing? Like, that should be a bigger deal than her just being like, oh, that's odd. Set it aside. Like, I have bigger things to worry about. Well, so she thinks... I think the one way that it's tried to be explained off is that she has that one second where she's like, maybe I should have been focusing on those healing powers as well as all the other powers that I was like, she thinks of it as, Oh, I just haven't honed that skill well enough yet to get it to happen. You know? So like, 
Which I guess kind of makes sense if you don't know that there's something else going on. But she knows how to use them well enough that she stopped them from helping her heal when Tamlin broke apart the study and hurt her. Right. I know. I'm, I'm just saying. That's what... That's... I get it. Because, of course, I had the same thought. Like, how do you not see it happening? Um, yep. Yeah. I mean, granted, we didn't see it until it happened. And oh, then God, of now, course. once right. you know, then you see all the signs leading up that's to it, the, which just what, makes that's it, That's what like, part of it is. It's, like, a little bit at yourself. Like, how did I not see this coming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so, my next note is, it just says, I love Alice. I do, too. That's basically what mine says, too. Um, yeah, I just... She knows they're going on their biggest trip. She packs her a whole extra pack because she knows that she's, that this is it. Like, she's mm-hmm. done what she came to do. And then she's like, we're going to the summer court. Like, we're getting out. We're going to be safe. Don't worry about us. And then yes. Feyre says, don't tell Tarquin that you know me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and then she's like, why? And then she's like, there's a blood ruby with my name on it. And then she's like, oh, shit. Yep. Um, and then, and then she says that beautiful thing where she's like, blood rubies are no, you'll always have one friend in the summer court. And then she says, um, or, or right before that, I guess she says, I wish you well, lady, for the rest of your days, however long they may be, I wish you well. And then I had, this time, I had this sinking feeling in my heart, like, I hope they, I hope they get to see each other again someday. You know, like... You know, because you know me, I don't like that whole <laughs> people love you, e- you know, love each other or like each other or whatever and can't see each other ever again. So <sighs> I hope that that happens because it doesn't happen in this book, but we're not done with the series. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of these are not the rest of these, but the rest of these ones are like all from like my favorite part, right? Stopping for Lucian, making Ianthe destroy her own hand. Oh my gosh. Um, so genius in terms of just like reiterating what her mate did to her so many yeah. years ago. And then like, and then like the whole thing that she says to her, like, you'll never, like when she's changing her memories and stuff, like you'll never be able to touch someone again. They have to initiate contact with you and you'll always know that like someone's hunting you and, but, but you won't remember that I'm saying this to you. So you don't know where this will come, like this fear will, like, it's just so like brilliant. Like what psychological torture, like, (laughs) Like, her not knowing where it comes from and still being... Oh, my God. It's just brilliant. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she... Then she's such a badass when she kills... She and Lucian kill the twins. Thank goodness for that. They deserved it, for sure. Yeah. Lucian, I love the part where Lucian's like, you should go, because he realizes that she's she can go. And then she doesn't leave him behind, because that's not the Pharaoh we know and love. Um, And then... Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> the rest of it, there's a part where he... They are... I think they're... I think they're already in the Autumn Court, but they're like, 
in the first cave, not the one where her, his brothers find him, them, but like the first night that they're camping and he like reveals to her that he was also super traumatized when she left, when, you know, because he's like, you left us. Yeah. Not just him. Um, you know, and, and he reveals that he missed her and, and all of that, which I just... Oh, Lucian. <laughs> oh, sweet baby Lucian. Right. <laughs> um, and then Cassian and Azriel come and save them. Um, yeah. So... I know we talked about that a little bit, but I was just rereading my notes and yeah. I forgot how much that part affected me. Yeah. Like when she gives that command and they mm-hmm. like immediately obey, mm-hmm. I like, I shivered. Okay. Like I was that just like, like she is their high lady like yeah. they obey her at all costs like yes that they w- kind they of obey loyalty her like they would and, obey reese yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's like the first time you really see it yeah i mean outside of like the end of the second book where they all like well all meaning amron and more because Azrael and Cassian are both unconscious like um, dying yeah right but amron and more like lose their shit like, yeah. first when they think just as his mate, she's gone. And then they realize, as High Lady, then they're like, fuck. Like, but at yeah. the same time, this is still, like, the first time that she gives an order outside of, like, being around mm-hmm. Reese. Yeah. <sighs> it's so good. So I have a note in here, and this part gives me endless joy. And I have another part part later on that, like, oh, my God. It's just so funny. So, like, the end of that scene, right? They, she gives the command. They're going to go home. She she climbs into uh, Cassian's arms. And, like, (laughs) and she, like, hugs him, right, as they start flying away. (laughs) And... He <laughs> and I just um so it start, it goes I turned to Cassian who opened his arms tucked me in tight before launching us skyward in a blast of wings and power beside us Azriel and Lucian did the same so of course I picture when they're carrying her I picture her like sideways in their arm like bridal style basically right like one arm under her knees one arm around her back mm-hmm. and then she's like holding onto their neck so now of course I'm picturing that's how Azriel's carrying Lucian. <laughs> Like, bridal style. <laughs> and then, of course, um, she's, like, looking at them, and then Cassian says to her, I don't know who looks more uncomfortable as, or Lucian Vansera. And then she, like, looks over. <laughs> she looks over her shoulder to the shadow singer, and it says, Carry, who carried my friend, both of them making a point not to speak, look, or talk. And so I have a, a, the idea of them both being like, la, 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 like... <laughs> Like, looking anywhere but at each other. Right, because, of course, if they look at each other, their faces are going to be, like, right on top of one another. And then then she, like, doesn't know that he had a family name. And then just this last little part where she's like, I met those laughing, fierce hazel eyes. And Cassian's smile softened. Hello, Feyre. And my throat tightened to the point of pain. And I threw my arms around his neck, embracing him tightly. And he says, I missed you, too, and squeezes her. Like this, uh, I just, it's, 
oh my god, it's just so good, right? And then it's, there's everybody's re- reunion, right? She gets to meet Seymour again at the border of the night of uh, the night court and winter court, and um, I just oh, and then when with Reese and she just crumbles and he just goes to her and I know. Um, I also had this, so I had this moment here in this book too so right so they get to Valeris right because then there's that whole thing right because Moore's like let's go home and Feyre's like which home are we going to hint hint (laughs) right like Lucian's with us and uh Moore is like we're going to the we're going to Valeris like she doesn't say it out loud but like that's you know she's like we're going to the townhouse or whatever and so they get to the townhouse and um, there's a moment where Lucian is just like standing and looking around and he's looking out at the city and he says that there are children laughing in the streets. And it reminds me of, I know you haven't watched it and you probably won't watch it. So I'm going to spoil the walking dead for you just cause I know that. Oh you yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I have no interest in have in no interest in show. Walking. So, like, it's I too guess... scary for me. Like I would just. <laughs> so small spoilers for the walking dead. If you guys care listeners so there's a a part in one season where the main group of survivors uh comes upon um a a town basically and it's called woodbury and they think that they found a great place that they can they can be with other people and they can be with them but then they find out that the guy who run is running the place who calls himself the governor is just awful and horrific and it's bad and it's not good and then they have to flee it and then later they find another group of people and in the place is called Alexandria and they decide to stay there for the exact same reason because when they went to Woodbury it was silent they had there was nothing going on but when they get to Alexandria they can hit hear kids laughing and playing and um Ooh. it reminded me of that because like that's the that's the mark of a truly safe place right is if you can hear children who get to be outside and happy and living their life mm-hmm. um <sighs> and then reese that's a, my next like four notes are about reese like the first one like where he just is like yes she's high lady of the night court and my my note is only reese with like eight exclamation points um because i just i missed him <laughs> right like Mm-hmm. Yeah, their their relationship is so great on so many levels. Like I know you. Well, granted, it's like the only romantic relationship that you really get to see of the main characters. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have anything to compare it to outside of like. Tamlin and Feyre's relationship. Right. Um, which, when you compare the two, it's, like, not even a contest. Um, but, yeah, just, like, the level of support that they have for each yes. other. And, like, how much they do for each other. And I love this little part after they reunited. And he's like, so, you declared yourself High Lady. And she's like, ooh, was I not supposed to do that? <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, I've wanted to roar it from the rooftops of Valeris from the moment it happened. Like, how typical of you to 
ruin my right, plans. Right, And, and then I just, she's <laughs> like, well, I mean, it only happened, like, an hour or two ago. So, like, <laughs> you if can... you want to go up on the roof right now, like, there's no stopping you. Yeah, she's like, there's, you can still probably take credit for it. Like, I just... I just love that. And then, like, he, you know, they talk about her sisters really briefly. And then um, she's like, you know, where were you? Because they said you were far away. And he was like, I was somewhere. It's fine. Um, And, and she's then, like, no, you're not allowed to do that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she's you... like, where were you? <laughs> and he was like, I was in the human world. And she's like... Dude. Um, and then they're talking about how much they miss each other. They're getting closer and closer to having sex. Um, but there's this one point where um, he is complimenting her and he just says to her, my brave, bold, brilliant mate. And I probably could have put that as one of my favorite quotes because it's it's a beautiful way of him complimenting her. And we, of course, know that he thinks she's beautiful, but, like, it's a way of him complimenting her without mentioning anything, like, physical about her. Like, he just... And I'm just like, oh, I just... I just why, are you, why are you so perfect? <laughs> like, I just... I just can't handle it. It's just ridiculous. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh, Alex. My next note just says, I love my bat boys, and I don't really know what that means. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know what that means. Like, I love them so much. Right, but, like, you don't remember, like, what the context is. Oh, my gosh. For. It's, yes, I know what it is. So, they go to the House of Wind, and um, she, um, <laughs> she goes to talk to Lucian, and he is sitting in a one room and Cassie and it's like unsurprisingly Cassie and Azrael were casually seated in the dining room yep. across the hall yep <laughs> eating lunch and marking every single breath Lucian emitted and then he goes Cassian smirked at me and then she shoots him a warning glare Azrael kicks Cassian under the table and then it goes Cassian gawked to Azrael or at Azrael as if to declare I wasn't going to say anything <laughs> And I'm just like, I love how, like, that's part of what I was saying, right? When you were like, we forget, like, how powerful they are. Like, because she does things like this that, like, make them act like teenage boys. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh, my gosh. I just. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And then... So my next note, I don't know when this is. Okay. Um, But, again, it's just, like, part of Reese and Feyre's relationship. But I just loved that he was helping her pin up her hair. Because that is something that you, like, hardly see ever of, like, a guy, like, helping a woman, like, with her hair. And I just thought it was such a small little, like, personal interaction that was so beautiful. Like, I don't remember what occasion they were getting ready for like if it was yeah. from the court of nightmares or i yeah i don't recall where in the book it was but uh, right oh my gosh it's so cute i just love it um yeah my next note is about lucian insults Feyre, kind of like barely and then 
Reese is like, just as an FYI, Lucian, like, I don't think I have to explain this to you, but, like, Cassian and Asriel will kill you in very inventive ways if you do that mm-hmm. again. <laughs> and then it just says, indeed, the Illyrians smirked from where they lingered in the dining room threshold. And then it goes, Azrael was by far the more terrifying of the pair. And I'm just like, I I believe it. Um, and then they tell Lucian... Not the whole story. Like, I think she I think she tells much more of her side of it because she's more comfortable doing that with him than Reese does. But then she tells him the whole story. And I just had this heartbreaking moment because Lucian, at the end of it, he's like, I didn't realize that I was the villain in your story. And she's like, well, you you weren't. Not at least not entirely. Right. Like, um, but like, can you imagine that feeling like. Thinking you're doing, like, it's an interesting flip, right? Like, you you get a, a, a side of it, and you're like, I, how interesting is it that, like, I don't know where I'm trying to go with this, in case you can't tell, but, like, it's an interesting glimpse into his side of things, and it helps you to sort of put into perspective why they did what they did, right? Because they weren't thinking that they were the villains in the story, but in what they were doing, they were becoming the villains in the story. You know, like, it's mm-hmm. oh, just crazy. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And then my next part is Cassian being mad at Feyre. When they oh, first start training again. Yeah. That was yeah. so sweet. Where he's like, she's like, I don't know why you're mad. And he's like, I'm mad because as his mate, like, you guys are protecting each other. And, like, of course we would all die for you still. But, like, mostly you were his. And then there's that part where he's like, don't look at me like that. Like, he's yours too. Like, I'm not saying, like, <laughs> anything like that. But then he's like, but as high lady, you you belong to all of us. And it's like, oh, <laughs> Um, can we talk about the flying lessons with Asriel? Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is the first time that, like, I know most people didn't have the same problem that I did. Like, most people fell in love with Asriel, like, right away. Yeah. But, like, I just didn't have the same love for him as I did for, like, everyone else in the Court of Dreams. Until... The flying lessons. Oh, cute. And then you just see this, like, whole different side to him. Mm -hmm. And I think that as well as, like, his relationship with Elaine and, like, what Mm -hmm. he does for her, it just, like, opened me up to him a little bit more. And I was like, okay, okay. I see. I see it now. Um, so I have two notes about the two different times that we see them having flying lessons together. Um, the first one is when, like, he, um, okay, also, side note, I have to, okay, so, first and foremost, in the second book, we write, we find out that there's a correlation between, uh, a male Illyrian's wing size and, um, another appendage size that we all know what we're talking about, right? And in the second book, Feyre points out that Azriel's wings are the biggest, Right? And then in this book, she models her wings exactly after Asriel's, which I think is hilarious that she, like, 
overachiever that she is, not only has she decided that she wants to learn how to fly, but she has also given herself the biggest set of wings to try to work with. Like, <laughs> like she does not need her wings to be that big, right? Like, like of course she does. Um, but then when he's telling her to lift her wings up and she's like, it's really difficult. And he's like, well, you have to work your legs and your arms and your back and your core. And she's like, so everything? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, why did no one tell me about this cocky side of you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> yeah, this and is then, where, like, I really started to like Asriel so much yeah. more as you. And then in the you second. You see this, like, dark, humorous side mm-hmm. of him. And, and then in the second flying lesson when she hits the tree and she's like that wasn't there a moment ago and then he's like well judging by its size it's been there for centuries yep and and she's like shut up (laughs) um i just love it and then he tells her that whole beautiful story about nafal um and my only note about that was (laughs) look at how long asriel's talking that's that was my only note is because it's like pages of him telling this story. That is just, very true. I yeah. just love that it's like the most talking we see out of Azriel in the whole series. Like <laughs> I one, I just love the story in general because it's amazing. Yeah. And two, I love that like Reese and Azriel and Cassian like, really learned from that and, like, turned it into a philosophy that, like, they use themselves in their own Mm -hmm. strategy and planning to, like, remind themselves. And what a beautiful philosophy, too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, ugh, it's just perfect. That sometimes your weaknesses can be your greatest strengths. Yeah. So, can we talk about the library? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because my first note about the library is, oh my god, can you imagine baby Reese and more sledding down the spiral path? Oh my god, his mom, like, stopping them? That <laughs> story was so funny. Like, not only are these two little kiddos, like, wreaking havoc in this, what's supposed to be, like, a quiet, like, very large, like, prestigious library. Right. But they also, like, slick up the halls with oil so that these poor librarians are like slipping and sliding and falling and it's just also so quintessentially them too you know like it's just oh my gosh um but then i had so okay so i know that we've discussed how the first book is a spin-off of beauty and the beast and I guess technically the second book is supposed to be slightly inspired by the myth of Hades and Persephone. Oh. Um, I think you've like, told me that before. Um, you know, like, she spends a certain amount of time with him every mm-hmm. time, right? And then, like, in some versions of the myth, they fall in love. In some versions, he tricks her, right? Like, this one is obviously playing off of the they fall in love part of it, right? Because she falls in love with the mm-hmm. Dark Lord and all of that stuff. Um, but what I was finding finding interesting in this book, like it could certainly also be the whole book itself could be based off of something. But there were little things that I was picking up 
on um, in this read through. And the first one that I picked up on is um, Clotho, Clotho. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, but her horrific backstory, again, with <laughs> Sarah J. Mass, just, oh, here's a new character and here's their horrific backstory. Yep. Um, but hers is uh, quite literally almost exactly what happens to Lavinia in Titus Andronicus, which is one of Shakespeare's plays. Okay. Um, in the play, she, Lavinia, is raped, and then um, they cut out her tongue so she can't tell anybody who it was. But in the play, because it's Shakespeare, and he f- was feeling a little Quentin Tarantino-y, they actually chop off her hands. Uh. So they don't, they don't, they don't break her hands, but they cut them off so she can't write down who did it either. And then, of course, in Titus Andronicus, they don't have Reese there who can go into her mind and, you know. Um, but don't worry, by the end of Titus Andronicus, they figure out who did it, and Titus Andronicus kills them and bakes them into a pie and feeds them to their mother. So, um, <laughs> it's a very, that's a very dark play. Oh as my gosh. Everybody. <laughs> um, it's, it's good, but it's very dark. Um, so there's that whole parallel that I noticed. And then um, Eris, the name, Mm -hmm. right? So like in the name is she is the Greek goddess of chaos. And I I was like, what a fitting name for this character who we can't figure out what the hell is going on with him. Like, right? I am so intrigued by him. Yeah. Like, I think he's terrible. (laughs) But then there are like, a couple of glimpses and like things that he insinuates that you're like not that, like sure we don't know the full story what yeah. he's means yeah right so that was really interesting um another thing that i realized which should not have really come as a surprise to me but like the illyrians are very much like spartans right like they live and breathe war they fight in the same formation like they fight in a phalanx when they like their shield actually technically protects the person next to them like their physical shield not their magic shields um and then there's one slight moment where um i think it's helion is talking about a mountain range called the myrmidons um and it's the mountain range between I think the day court and the night court. Okay. And those, the Myrmidons were um, Achilles's uh, army. Like his, his, the people that he fought with were the Myrmidons. And so I was like, look at all of these little like sprinkly things in here. She's so sneaky. And I just love it. I... Did not pick up on any of that, um, obviously, <laughs> because my knowledge of Shakespeare and Greek mythology is basically nil compared to yours. <laughs> well, I'll be teaching a class every Wednesday and Thursday from 5 p.m. to 5.05. <laughs> it's, just, it's just five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, just like little things that... I don't know, popped up to me and and part of me is like, does it mean anything for in the future? 
I don't know. Who well, knows? wasn't um so reminder that we have yet to read the newest Sarah J Mass book that came out. We will be reading it in a couple weeks once we finish rereading the rest of the Akatar series. But in one of her Instagram teases, wasn't Eris mentioned in one of those? Oh yeah. Yeah, we're not I we are definitely not done with him. Like there's there's definitely I think going to be he very clearly is going to be playing like she wouldn't introduce him and make him this intriguing if this was all we were going to see of him, you mm-hmm. know? Like um yeah. Um the bone carver looks like their son. That's oh. my next quote. Oh my oh, god. Actually, no, my next note is <laughs> um she tells Reese that she wants to go talk to the bone carver and then she, but she's taking Cassian with her and she's like says to Cassian like I assumed <laughs> Cassian's like this is a dumb idea and she's like well I thought Reese would say no, like he would have put his foot down if it was. And risky. then Cassian's like, "You have no idea the dumb <laughs> yeah, shit Cass- that he's put me through." <laughs> yeah, and then Cassian's like, "Reese has been known to make plans that make my heart stop dead, so let's maybe not use him as the voice of reason." Like, <laughs> oh, so good. Um, but yeah, so then the bone carver looks like their son. Like, I, why would we have seen that coming? Like, I know and. <sighs> It just makes their interaction with him in the last book that much more, like, emotional. Because, like, in the last book, she, like, says all of these truths to get the bone carver to tell them all of these truths. And she's, like, burying her soul and, like, all these Mm -hmm. things that you didn't realize, like, how broken she was. But then on top of that, if you've read this next book... You right. know th- then that the boy that she's seeing is, is her future her son. future son with Reese. Yes. Um, so Ugh. that just makes it like even more emotional. Yes. <sighs> um. Did it ever say who Cassian sees? No. It does not. Because yeah. I had that same thought. I was like, I wonder who he sees. Because the only note that it says is that she sees like. A- Cassian looking at the bone carver and she's like and the way his face looked I knew he was not seeing a beautiful little boy uh-huh. like <laughs> like I knew he was seeing something else um so yeah that would have been a, a, a nice thing to to sort of know or see what they um would have seen or <sighs> what he would have seen mm-hmm. um my That's next note true. is just about them moving everybody to the townhouse out of the House of Wind. <laughs> um, and it says, Asriel took Elaine, which makes sense. <laughs> and then I loved that the next line was basically like, Nesta looked like she was ready to walk off the edge of the balcony beside, instead of letting Cassian carry her. So then she has Reese carry Cassian, or Feyre has Reese carry Oh my god, who is carrying who? She has Reese carry Nesta, mm-hmm. and then Cassian gets to carry Luch. And they're like, yet again, I'm like, I love the idea that they're carrying Lucian bridal style. And then um, and then they get to the House of Wind, and Nesta has to go puke because, <laughs> because she 
commented oh, that freaking Reese. Oh my she, gosh. Cause she was like, cause, <laughs> cause she was like, fly faster. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and then Cassian's like, she's never gonna go flying again. Like this. <laughs> yeah, like both both Cassian and Feyre like gang up on Reese in <sighs> are basically just, like, going at him, like, really? You really did that? Like, chastising him? Like, (laughs) come on. And then, of course, we're like, of course he did. Like, oh, my gosh. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, can I tell you? So, my next note, unless you have more about anything in there, my next note is about when when Nesta and Feyre are in the library, and they're talking to each other and Feyre says to Nesta like why do you push everybody away and Nesta says because and then of course the two people from Highburn show up and then we don't but I'm like what was she gonna I say? know I had that same exact <laughs> reaction this time too um there are, oh. I think there are a couple of times where that happens in this book where, like, you're finally getting a character to open up about something, mm-hmm. and then you get this huge interruption, and you don't, they never was, reveal yeah. what it is they were going to say. And I can't remember, because I feel like there was at least another time, if not two other times in this book where that happens, and I can't remember what they were um, yeah. outside of this one. Yeah, I was, I was like, No! <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um mm-hmm. I was so frustrated. Um yeah. I feel like my next sure. my next notes are the attack on Adriata and then the High Lord meeting. Yeah, my next notes are so like I told you before, I took a lot more notes in like the first part of the book and then they yeah. just got less and less. So my next ones are the attack on Adriata, and then, um, oh, I guess that one is, yeah, similarly, and then the High Lord meeting. Cool. So, I don't have much to say about the attack. So, I say Adriata like the Adriatic Sea, but you say, what do you say? Adriata? Adriata. Okay. Adriata. I don't know. I probably switch it up just for fun. For the heck of it? Because we're from the Midwest and we can't figure out what to do with our A's. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. Mm-hmm. So um, I just, mostly I just love that it is, they don't even hesitate, right? Like, and of course they don't because we know them and we know how good they are. But like the minute that they get word that it's under attack, they get the Illyrians, they get there and they help them. You know, like they're like... And then it just, it just, it just continues to break my heart that was already breaking from the second book when they had to steal from Tarquin. And it's just like, and of course in the High Lord meeting, we see it maybe mending a little bit when he revokes the blood rubies and they're like, good luck getting it from Amran. She loves hers. Um, And then you see it, of course, a little bit later as they're fighting together, you can see that maybe some bridges are being built but it's like Mm -hmm. you just hope that they are able to make that alliance that yeah so i had two notes about um the attack and my first one was just like frustration and anger at tarquin for 
still, like, after the battle, after they're the only ones who came to Mm -hmm. help them in this attack. Mm -hmm. And, like, made a huge impact on helping his people. Mm -hmm. That he still just basically, like, dismissed them, told them to get out, said, like, we don't want you... And yeah. now the, the there is a good point that in the High Lord meeting, I don't remember who says it, but someone is like, well, because you know, someone in the Court of Dreams points out that they were the only ones to go and help Tarquin. And then someone in his group, I don't know if it's him or if, and maybe it's actually it was Baron. So, but somebody is like, well, how do we know that you weren't working with Highburn? And that's how you knew that they were going to be there. And like, you're doing this to win our trust. And then, of course, Varian is like, no, 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 they showed up because I sent word to them. Um, but I wonder if that's part of what was going on with Tarquin's, like, he was mm. like, why are, why are they here? Like, does this mean that they are actually here helping me or are they here for some nefarious reason? You know, okay, like, I wonder if he, okay. if he had that same thought. Uh, I, yeah, I guess. Can we ask him? Dear Tarquin. What was going through your head? <laughs> I just, I want them to be friends. I just, like, there's so much about all of the High Lords that you can tell is, like, they have a lot of very similar qualities to them. Mm-hmm. And so, especially by, like, the end, the very end of the book, when they're, like, you're probably not going to see... Um, anyone being, like, this aligned by the end of the meeting, like, when they were meeting to talk about, like, mm-hmm. renegotiating the treaty. Um, and it was very plain to see that, because Sarah J. Mass, you know, then mentioned that, like, initially they had some similar, you know, feelings about things, and then, like, the courts kind of splintered back into their own. Mm-hmm. And... To me, that's just so frustrating because you get introduced to these great characters at this High Lord meeting, mm-hmm. and to me, I see so many similarities among oh, yeah. all of them. Like, why can't they coexist in a better way? I think, I think they're taking their first steps towards coexisting. Like, it's been so many years of them not coexisting that, like, it wouldn't make sense for them to just immediately jump into it. You know, like, but, like... I know, but I just want everybody to be friends and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. (laughs) Right, like, oh, for sure. But I think, I think that might be coming. Um, so, okay, so let's talk about the High Lord meeting. Well, so first, I have, I have one more, one more thing that I wanted to say before the High Lord meeting. Yes. Um, which is super random, Love it. But I just wanted to bring it up anyways. Um, So after the battle, all of the Illyrians and the Court of Dreams are, like, camped on the the outskirts of, like, the city and are Mm -hmm. um, staying there for the night because they have too many injured to, like, move back into the night court. Mm -hmm. Plus they want to be there just in case... Right. Something happens again. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, like, I think this is where 
like, Farah and uh, Reese end up, like, in their tent, and Farah's like, Reese, like, why can't you sleep? And he's like, you know, like, after a battle, you're, like, yeah. really, like, hyped up and everything. Yeah. And, um, and they end up having sex, which yeah. you hear about a lot happening of, like, after battle, like, men... Yeah. Like, needing to, like, In expel. ancient Greece, it was very acceptable for men to then have sex with each other to help um, alleviate that. Huh. It was very common. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. But anyways, the comment Sorry. that I wanted to make was... Weird side note on top of your side note. Um... The fact that having a magical shield in this instance is, like, super helpful (laughs) because, like, Reese at first was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, we're in the middle of a war camp. And like, then, there's not a lot of privacy right. here. But then yeah. he, like, threw a magical shield around the tent, so, like, right. it didn't matter at all. Right. And I was like, hmm, like, that's a really nice side <laughs> benefit of, like, having all this these, magic you yeah, can do. these magical powers. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. funny. So that's just like a super random note that yeah. I wrote down and felt the need to share with the world. Yeah. Um, I love it. I like random things. Uh, the Hylord meeting. My first note is just Vivian. Ah, that's so her. funny because my note is love Vivian. Yeah, I just love her. Like, I just love that she and Moore love each other. I love that she very easily kind of accepts Feyre into that group, right? Like, by the end of the meeting, she hugs Feyre goodbye, and Feyre's like, oh my gosh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that she, know? like, doesn't put up with any bullshit from her maid. Yes! That... I love that she's the first person to stand up at the end when Feyre stands up. Like, it's not any of the men, it's Vivian, right? And then Cressida's like, oh, me too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, let's do and this. And she's like, well, why Why can't I be high lady? Like, yeah, what exactly. is this bullshit, Nate? Like, why are you holding out on me? <laughs> yeah, um, like, all of that is so, yeah. like, she just, I love her. And that she, like, um, like, held together their court and their people for those 50 mm-hmm. years and yep. also too i love their army like if i had to be in like any polar of their armies like i would want to be part of the winter court army yes yeah. for like little white little foxes send messages or messengers mm-hmm. and yeah yeah ugh that's so cool um my next note is it just says fucking tamlin like I this part is probably you know I was telling you about my ups and downs about like I hate him a lot I hate him a little less this is probably the epitome of I hate him the most Mm. um because then he like shows up he tries to twist everything unsurprisingly um and then he's like you know Reese, you stole her away in the night. And then Feyre, yes. She's like, uh, I'm sorry. The sun was shining when I left you. And I'm like, oh, she went there. Um, but then, like, just all the digs that he takes at her, like, oh, And, like, the part where he's like, Reese, do you notice that, like, little noise that she makes? Like, oh, my. Like, I just, oh, I just wanted to ki- I wanted him dead. Like, 
every time I read this scene, I'm like, I don't even care that later on in this book, you show your, like, maybe your true color is a little bit more. I don't even care. Blah, blah. Like, I was like, every time I read this scene, I'm like, I want you gone. Like, <laughs> I don't know. For me, like, I was definitely mad at him. Like, totally fine with uh, Reese taking Hitting away his, his voice. Yep. And all that, and, like, being annoyed with him for what seems like m- trying to manipu- manipulate the other High Lords. But at the same time, like, a lot of it is his truth and how he sees the situation and, like... Oh, not that part. For me. Sorry. Continue. And just, you know, like, him still believing that Reese is terrible and still, and trying to reconcile, like, the fact that he thought that he got Favor back, but it turns out that she was playing him this entire time, and so then that makes her a terrible person, which makes, like, Reese even worse and you know like this entire time he's just been trying to help his court and trying to like get her back you know like from his point of view he's not the bad one well yeah but that's the thing though right like from Hitler's point of view he wasn't the bad one from Ted Bundy's point of view, he wasn't the bad one. Like, okay, okay, maybe I'm not making a good point. (laughs) No, I mean, you, I mean, of course, it does, it does explain actions, right? It doesn't excuse them, right? It doesn't, but it does explain actions. Um, but, um, like, I just, um, yeah, it just, uh, there was something you said that I had a point to, but I don't. I don't remember what it was. Poop. Well, maybe it'll come back to me. And if it does, great. I'll share it with you all. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. Um, But, like, it just... um, It just... It's it's funny because that's the... Oh, I found it. (laughs) Haha, it's here. So, you said at the beginning that you had this this problem when Jurian's like, I remember him... Reese for who he truly was, right? And Tamlin knows who Reese really is, right? Because Reese took him in. Reese was his friend. Reese trained him. And then when did the bad shit start? When Tamlin went with his family and killed Reese's mother and sister, right? But somehow Reese becomes the bad guy. Like he, the, the unfortunately for him, and this I think happens in in many instances of like abusers. They are gaslighting everybody, including themselves. And so they rewrite the narrative to a point where they're not the bad guy, right? And and again, I don't think he's... I don't think he's the he's the bad guy. Like, he's, he's a bad guy, but he's not anywhere... Like, he's got redeeming qualities. Like, maybe we're going to see, like, a redemption arc. Like, he's not entirely evil, Um, but he definitely, I think, is convincing himself 
of something that is maybe not as accurate at like you know even his reasoning i think has been poisoned by um both the abuse that he probably indefinitely received from his father and brothers Mm -hmm. and then just his own you know unfortunately his own side effect of they don't have they -hmm. don't have he doesn't have a support system to help him through it and all of that crap um my last note about the meeting is just nesta getting even barren to stay when she's like, when he's like, this meeting's over, and she's like, this meeting is not over, and even Baron is like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, girl, you're right. This meeting is not over. Ugh. Oh yeah, I definitely enjoyed seeing new aspects of Nesta's character mm-hmm. in this book. And, like, seeing her take more responsibility for her actions and, um... Working through some stuff, mm -hmm, it seems mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Definitely. Um, my next note is Jurian's a double agent. No! I'm so sorry! My next note is, holy shit, Helian is Lucian's father. Oh, oh my gosh. I, yeah, I, like, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. That's such a big deal. Like, how is it going to play out? Like, when are Can people I tell you, going though? to realize that outside of Feyre and Reese? And how have people not noticed it outside I, yeah. of them? I love, I love that every time she sees Helion for the rest of the book, she's like, how has no one figured this out yet? Um, But also, I... The whole rest of this book, I mean, of course, like, part of it is, like, I know that she hasn't been around Lucian for this, because, like, right at this point, he's not been, he's off looking for Vasa. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the whole rest of this book, I kept, especially the first time that I read it, because I didn't know what was going to happen, but I kept waiting for her to tell him when they have finally, like, and, like, she, and she doesn't, and she doesn't, and she doesn't, and I'm just, like... Girl, you need to tell him soon because, as we know, secrets like this, if they, like, it's, I just, (sighs) (laughs) like, it's just not going to end well. Mm -hmm. And I'm worried about that. Um, Speaking of Helian, though, I love him. (laughs) And also, just, I loved when he tried to introduce himself to Nesta. He's like, hi, I'm Helian and the High Lord of the day court and she's like i don't care <laughs> then she just walks away and I, ah! I love i loved even more than that though was like when he came and knocked on their door and he was basically like what the fuck like now i'm the only one who appears to be a terrible person like what happened to us yeah fighting like our <laughs> true selves like why didn't you let me in on the secret like yeah, for sure. I Yeah, I love that. And then, like, how we find out that he's been trying to, like, have a four-way with Cassian and Asriel and more for centuries. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I just... Mm-hmm. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, I just... I love him. And I hope that we get to see more of him in the future. 
Um, and then the wall is down, and then Elaine coming up with this plan of trying to get the humans into Grayson's compound. Mm-hmm. And I love that she's finally having this moment of clarity when she's like, you know, more is like, this is probably going to end badly. And she's like, it's already ended badly. Now we just have to figure out how we're going to face those consequences, you know, like. Yeah. Um, and then surprise. Yeah. Multiple surprises for me. One you think from the second book that Grayson's dad is going to be this terrible character, but the reality is that it seems like his son is almost worse than he is, at least in the encounter that they have with both of them. Um, Or, like, he's letting his... Yeah, like, I mean, the thing is, is, like, he... Initially, he's like, oh, Elaine, like, are you okay? Like, he seems like, is she, are you okay? And then as soon as it's revealed that she's Faye, it just, everything goes to shit even faster than it was already heading yeah, to shit. Yeah, I mean, he just seems <laughs> like a But he shows up at the boy. end. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, but he, that's in the end, he, he comes through. Yeah. Um, yes, and not Jorian for- showing up, though. I know. I remember the first time I read that, I was like, what? <laughs> I was so surprised by that. Like, yeah. I don't know how she does it, but every single time, like every yes. single book, there is at least one Multiple. thing, if not like five or ten, like things yeah. where you're like, uh, what just happened? And I never, and I, I literally never see them coming. Like, even the fact that I know that she writes surprises into her books, like, even that doesn't help me see them coming. Right. <sighs> yeah. Like, oh my goodness gracious. Um, actually, I do have one small note. I loved this little moment between, um, Feyre and Nesta when Feyre's panicking, um, when they're going into the um, compound and she's freaking out about being locked in there and everything. And Nesta notices and Feyre's like, I still have a really hard time with like enclosed spaces. And then Nesta's like, oh, I can't even get into a bathtub. Like, you know, and they have this beautiful, like, oh, I just love it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, like, I don't love that they have such fears. <laughs> yes. Good, good point. Good point. Good point. Um, <laughs> Yes, to clarify, I don't love that they have such serious trauma, but I love that they have this moment to become a stronger sister unit. Yes. Yes. I agree. Um, but I wish it could have been about something like favorite book or food and not shared trauma. <laughs> that would have been preferable. I agree. Right? Mm-hmm. Um and then I liked that Elaine stood up to Grayson right there at the end because he's like, you belong to him, meaning Lucian. And she's like, I belong to no one. And I'm like, you're right, girl. You don't. Let's let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I have to say, then- I my next note doesn't come until they go get Elaine back. So okay. obviously I was a little taken up in the <laughs> that's the okay the moment. Um, my next note is Cassian and Hybern's commander, which we already talked about, just perfection. Um, and then my next one is, 
Suriel's death and luring Ianthe to the Weaver. Ugh, that death just gutted me. And isn't that such a remarkable thing? It's like we see the Reaver, the Weaver, um, uh, the we see the Suriel three times in this book. But she's such an incredible writer that by the time and it's all it's very short. Like it's not like we see them. We don't, it's not like we see it the serial for three times and it's like a couple chapters mm-hmm. each time. It's like pages at most at a time, right? And all of a sudden, she brings in the serial this last time, and then all of a sudden, still to this time, in my eighth or ninth reread, I'm I sob every time. Like I just. Mm-hmm. And like and when he's like leave this world a better place than how you found it like and then he says you know like oh my god it just and then she puts helian's cloak on top of him like and like i love that she lured ianthe into the weaver's house oh that was so <sighs> great and I love the part where the Weaver's like, what did you bring me, little thief? And then, like, Ianthe's like, you know we're going to have to kill whoever's in there with you. And then, of course, we as the reader are like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you guys are going to kill her. Sure mm-hmm. you are. And then... <sighs> and then she doesn't. Um, and then my next note is she finally gets back to the camp more is mad at her, right? They have their little mm-hmm. fight, but then mm-hmm. she finds out that Cassian almost died. And his guts were hanging out, and he disobeyed Reese's orders, and Reese is mad, and everybody's mad, and... <sighs> yeah, and then, yeah, mine's, and then... I just have a note, Varian and Amrin, because I love them together. I think they're really cute. They are and really then, cute. Um, um, do you remember what it was like for you reading this book the first time? Yes. When you hear <laughs> that, like, Cassian is brutally injured. Oh, my God. I was, oh, my God. I, Alex, when I tell you, I thought that he was going to die. And then, of course, there's multiple times that I think Cassian's going to, that we mm-hmm. think Cassian's going to die. Um, this part is one of them when they're like, he's got this giant gash across his whole stomach. Azriel had to hold his guts in for him. Right? Like, you know, and for a human, that's a death, like, that's a death sentence. Like, no human's going to come back mm-hmm. from that. Right? So, like, the first time I read it, of course, not really taking into account that the, we're talking about Fae and not humans. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is it. Like, he's going to die. Like, and then I remember thinking, like, at least they all get to be around him. And I was crying. And then thankfully he didn't die. Uh, but I was mad at him for not listening to Reese. <laughs> and for being heroic and arrogant and, mm-hmm. you know, um, all of those things. Um, but, yeah, I definitely was... I thought that was going to be the end of Cassian. Well, yeah. And then, like, later, Reese literally, like, thanks to Feyre that, like, he's not... He's not going to see Cassian again. ...going to make it. Like, I'm still giving him the order to do this, but, like, this is his death sentence. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. 
Because remember, right, because Reese had said, like, we don't say goodbye. Like, we're not, we're not going to go into this thinking that we're not going to see each other again. And then he's like, we're not going to see him again. And then you're like, <gasps> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, thank goodness like, we've read this before. I know. Um, So I talked about most of my notes about Elaine's rescue minus kind of Tamlin saves them. Like, yeah, my note about that was just like, Tamlin, rip my heart out. Why don't you? Yeah, like he saves them. And uh, what I so I have two part like notes about it. The first thing is um, so Asriel is in the air. He's been injured. He's holding both of these. He's holding Elaine and this child of the blessed who we later find out the name is Briar. Um, and he's like holding himself there and Feyre can't get off the ground right and she's being chased by these hounds and there's a moment where she like looks at Asriel and he she's like but he saw what was like coming after me and like he saw how much space I had left and he saw that I wasn't getting off the ground and then there's a moment where she's like and I saw like the terror in his eyes as he was watching me and I was like if Asriel is worried like when I first read this I was like is Feyre about to die? Like, what kind of twist would that be to not, to kill your main character, especially in a book where it's all in first person point of, like, what? Like, I was like, if mm-hmm. Asriel's worried about this, like, shit. But then, out of freaking nowhere, Tamlin saves her. He attacks the things that are following her. And then when she jumps to try to fly, he sends the wind after her, like, to help get her out. <sighs> And then I was like, now I really don't know how to feel about Tamlin. Like, yeah, I think without that moment, him, like, coming to the battle, him coming to the High Lord meeting saying, like, I've been trying to, like, spy from within, while it would still mean something, like, it wouldn't be as much enough for me to be like yeah i still don't hate you Mm -hmm. um but him saving her like this Mm -hmm. very directly is enough for me to be like okay i guess maybe i can forgive you some of your sins Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah it's he's 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 also intriguing i i'm interested to see if and and when we see more of him in future books. Um, uh, my next note is that when they get back to camp, Nesta comes to them. And I remember the first time I read this, I started crying because I just assumed that Nesta would go to Elaine first. Me too. But she comes, but she comes to Feyre and she holds her and she I thanks know. her. And, and I'm like, they all lay down together. I know. And then they all go them. to sleep. I know. Um, so then my next note is Feyre and Moore making up from their fight. Moore tells her that she Mm -hmm. is a lesbian or mostly a lesbian. Like, she enjoys sex with, with males, but definitely prefers females. And if she were to have, like, a relationship, she wants to have, like, be with a woman or a female. Um, Every time I read this part, can I tell you, she talks about Rita's, right? The bar that they always go to and how Rita is also, I'm going to say lesbian. That's not 
probably a term that they have in this book, but we all know what it means. Um, so, and that there's a lot of lesbians who go there. And then I, every time I read this, I picture Cassian not knowing that this is mostly like a gay bar and him trying to pick up lesbians (laughs) (laughs) and like not understanding like, not understanding why he's striking out with Oh, my gosh. Them. I love that. I love that like, so much. I just have this mental image of him, like, every time they go, trying to be like, hey, you want to come home? And then being like, no. And him being like, what? Like. <laughs> um, just every time I read it and, like, oh, my God, it's just hilarious. Um, I love that so much. My next note is a quote of Cassian's I think where he talks about he says if I end my life defending those who need it most then I will consider it a death well spent um oh he always has these like amazing mm -hmm. like I'll give up my life quotes like he had one in the last book when he Mm -hmm. like pledged to fight for like Nesta and Elaine and to protect Mm -hmm. them um and then of course there this is right before sort of like the 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 biggest battle because then there's that whole part where Feyre suggests that they go to the human realm and they winnow them out of there and um who um Callius um is like well that's just a waste of power and then Feyre has that beautiful moment where she's like, literally one life is worth it, right? Like, and she's like, where would you guys be if I had died? Where would you be if Reese hadn't helped me? Like, where would you, like, we'll get as many as we can get out. Because, because like, even one moment, like, one person's life is worth what we're about to do. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's just, you're amazing. I just love you so much. Mm-hmm. Um and then <laughs> um, all of my notes are from here on out are, are pretty much just the final battle. Um, and then Azriel giving truth teller to Elaine and Cassian being shocked that he <laughs> would do that. And then Feyre being like, I wonder how many times he's done that. And Reese being like, None. Uh, never. <laughs> like, he has never let anybody else touch that knife. Like, I know. That's what makes me like question Lucian and Elaine versus Asriel and Elaine. Mm. You know? I would I I I'm I'm team uh I think they say Illusion. I think that's their um celebrity mix up name, mashup name, whatever. Um mostly because I think Especially once we find out that Moore can't give Asriel what he wants, right? Um, she can't be the love for him. I He just deserves, like Moore says, someone to love him and cherish him for who he is. And even if, like we find out, right? Even if Elaine says no to the mating bond, there will always be something... It'll always be there. And it'll always, true. you know, be tugging at her. And I yeah. just... That's I don't know. I can true. see it. I can see her and Lucia together. And I can see Azriel being like a big brother to her. You know, like, you know. 
Um, my next note is just that Amryn is wearing children's leathers <laughs> into the into the fight, and Reese is like, "Don't tell her that, <laughs> that these were made for children." Um, oh, I love Amryn. Like, there's, but can I tell? I you, waver. I waver with her. I was so heartbroken the first time you read this. Oh book, yeah, and Feyre thinks that. Amron betrayed them. Yeah. When like she really didn't. But like there's I mean a she good did lie she time. did lie to them. She lied like, to them. Yeah. But it wasn't like the way that it's portrayed, like she's doing something like selfish that's going to end up yeah. like she found a way to get herself back to her world instead of like helping them right, defeat right, right. Highburn, right? Um yeah, I re- the amount of betrayal that I felt the first time I read that part, I was like, Amryn, how dare you? Um, and then, of course, right immediately afterwards when she t- comes in her r- true form. And like, because remember in, I don't know if it's the beginning of this book or maybe it's in the other one, in the second one. Amryn's like, if I return to who I was, I wouldn't know who you guys were. Yeah. But she does. Like, she remembers them, and she fights for them, and it just, oh, it's just beautiful. Um, can I also just say that I love that Feyre brought Briaxis in the Bone Carver, and Reese brought the Weaver to the fight? Like... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> they're just, they're made for each other. Yeah. Like, um, so cute. Um, my, my next series of notes are just, like, oh my god, notes, right? Like... <laughs> this one just says, fucking finally. Baron in the Autumn Court, the Spring Court, and Grayson's army show the fuck up. Like, <laughs> it's about damn time. Right. Like, um, and then my next note is Nesta saving Cassian from, uh, right, because she realizes that the king's about to I use know. the I know, every cauldron. time that happens, meaning... It only happens once. Every time I read that. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. You could have left it at every time that happens. I would have been like, oh, yep. Uh, Uh, I know. I keep thinking, like, shouldn't there have been a way that she could have warned, like, all the Illyrians to, like, drop down? Like. Yeah. Well, so the thing is, dropping down wouldn't, they, she would have had to get all of them out of those spots. Like, you know, like. Well, because I mean, like the Ator, or however you pronounce them, like they the all, like, fell out of the line of the cauldron, like because they were up along the Illyrians, and you see that they all like drop down before it like leashes out. It's like yeah, um, killing whatever. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. So I always um, get a little frustrated with that. And then... But it's also, like, she's not trained for battle. Like, she doesn't... I know. Like, I know. I know. Um, um, and then it... Yeah. My next note just says... Uh, I call him Draken, but I don't... Dra- Dracon? Draken? Dracon? I don't know. And it's like, Draken's Legion. And then it says Vasa. And then it says, they're dead! <sighs> When he shows up on the boats named after his daughters. 
every time, like every time I just sob and sob and sob and sob. I know. What is it with all three books in this series so far? Like you think that so much has happened and then you get to the end of the book. And nothing has really happened. Exactly. (laughs) And then just like so much shit gets piled on top of each other and you're like, what? What? No. How is this? Huh? Um, yeah, because then my next note is still about me sobbing, but it's about Nesta and Cassian drawing out the king. Um, and then, like, saying goodbye. The first time I read that, I was just like, oh, mm. this is it. Like, bye, Nesta. Bye, Cassian. Like, yeah, oh, my God. I know. I know, I know. Um, like, it's kind of surprising the fact that, like, no one important dies in this battle. Like, like, for good. Yeah. Well, except <laughs> right. for, like, the bone carver and the weaver. And, like, you yeah. kind of actually feel a little bad about that. But, like... Right. But, like, not as sad as, like, even when the surreal died. Yeah. But... Yeah. And, and actually, it's really funny because I don't... I feel a little bit more bad about the weaver dying because of the fact that right before the bone carver dies, he looks at Feyre and smiles. Like, he's, he's ready for it. He was prepared for it. He knew... I think he knew that if he went to help her, he mm-hmm. wasn't coming home. Like, and, right, he was so fascinated by her death. Like, he was ready. Like, he wanted to know yeah. what was on the other side for them. Um, uh-huh. But I still felt a little bit sad. Um, also, it doesn't help that he st- as he dies, he still looks like their son to her. So, like, that part is always like, ooh, like... That's got to be tough for her to watch. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, then my next note is Amryn lied. And, but it's like basically what I just said, like just the betrayal that I felt the first time I read that. Oh yeah. Um, and then oh, my next note is about Reese shifting into his beast form. Um, I have this thing every time I read it <laughs> that I just, it makes me crack up. Right. So we find out that Helian and, and, Reese, right? Like, at the High Lord meeting, that they're, like, friends. Like, mm-hmm. they, you know, and, and Helian knows who Reese really is, and Reese knows who Helian really is, all of that stuff. Um, and th- I just love this little bit, because it's, like, Reese shifts into his form, all of the soldiers around him, his and others, like, run. They're, like, oh, my God. And then it says, and then <laughs> Feyre's, like, and then I saw Helian running, but towards him and then helion shifts into like the twin version of him and i just have this image in my head of helion being like fuck yeah bro here i come let's let's do this yeah he's like oh we're going like beast mode okay like oh my god a whole new level of meaning to beast mode right like Like, I just have this moment in my head where, like, Helian's like, oh, he's not going to one-up me. Like. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Um, And then my next notes are um, about when Feyre's and slash the cauldron are watching Nesta and Cassian. And the king shows up and he's got their dad. And the dad is like, Nesta, I loved you from the minute I held you. I know. Like, and then he kills him. Like, just like, and then Nesta fucking out of loses nowhere. All the power that she had. Yeah. Like, like, and then the whole, um, oh my God, the whole part 
where she, like, and then, like, she goes after the king, and then the king starts killing Cassian to get her to stop. And then that beautiful part where he's like, um, oh, my God, this part, just every time, just sobbing. Um, He tells her to go, and she's like, I can't leave you. Right. And he's like, I have no regrets in my life, but this, that we did not have time, that I I did not have time with you, Nesta. And then they kiss each other. And then he's like, I'll find you in the next world, in the next life, and we will have that time. And then you're like, they're about to die. And then who kills the king? <laughs> Elaine. I <laughs> Well, you forgot that like Nesta curls her body over oh, Cassian. Yeah. And yes. that yes. just like oh. Yes, sorry, because, yes, she curls her body around him like she's ready to die, he is ready to die, Feyre is watching this and she can't do anything, like, you're just, like, you're in such turmoil, and then all of a sudden, like, you, like it describes it as, like, there's, like, a, something pokes out of his throat, and then he dies, and then, Elaine, like, out of everybody, like, at the beginning of this battle, if you would have been like, Ellen, because like, I knew the king was going to die, right? Like, but like, if you would have been like, Ellen, who's going to kill the king? Never in a million years would I have thought it was going to be Elaine. Right. <laughs> and then she's like, don't touch my sister. And I'm like, what? <gasps> mm-hmm. I know. Elaine. So good. Also, <sighs> that scene. I'm so to read the new book like i know it's gonna be so, so good ready yeah it's gonna be i think there's gonna be some some serious feels which is not to say that there haven't been in any of these other books just as a side note oh yeah to cause, everybody cause you haven't cried in any of them no Mm-mm. i was definitely not crying earlier when i was reading a favorite quote of mine that was just nope, uh that allergies was, that was someone else <sighs> so my next note is um Reese dying. Yeah, mine too. And Alex, I know you've heard this story and you were part of the situation when I first read this book. Um, I am a dramatic human being. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I, when I read this book the first time, I read that line. I threw my book. I was sobbing. I texted you and I was like, he's fucking dead. And then I laid very not dramatically draped across my bed and cried for like 40 minutes. Um, And then I finally like picked up my phone again after that. And you were like, just keep reading. And so like, of course I did. But like, like also, I think that there is not a coincidence that in the hardcover copy of this book, the page where it says... I, like, she turned around and Reese was dead is page 666. <laughs> and I'm like, right, because it's like the devil's numbers or whatever. Like, somehow she figured out how to make that happen. <laughs> wow. Like, That's pretty devious. Yeah, I... <sighs> you know that he lives. Like, this isn't the In first the time... Right, this isn't the first time that we've read this book. Right. Even so... Every time. Every time mm-hmm. it gets Sobbing. me, I mm-hmm. have to stop reading. Like, I have mm-hmm. to put it down. Like, I... I have to get some tissues. I, like, just start freaking out when... Mm-hmm. 
you see the warning signs of like his shield is up like she notices his shield is up like he won't let her into his mind mm-hmm. and like at f- the first time you read that like you that doesn't have any significance yeah like and it doesn't, now you're, you're like, like oh you're like no no it's not yeah no it's happening yeah it's like it's like the you know speeding train towards a broken track or whatever like um and then and then and the, like the part that that always gets me but the part that really gets me is watching her reaction and the reaction of the rest of the court of dreams when they get there and he's laying there dead like she's screaming she's crying she can't stop you see like Asriel and Cassian show up you see more show up like everybody is just like heartbroken and then um Feyre makes the high lords I love this part because she first of all starts demanding that they bring him back and they start doing it. And then Baron is like, I'm not going to do it. And then more like literally holds a sword to his throat and makes him give up his kernel of power. And then I remember the first time I read that, I was like, Oh my God, great. That's all they need. And then Feyre. And then I'm like, Tamlin, like, Right, you get to that point where you realize that literally the only thing holding the power between is Reese going to come back is Tamlin. Mm-hmm. And she looks at him and she, you know, she has this moment, right, where she begs him and she's like, please, I will do anything. I'll give you anything if you do this. And then there's a moment where, like, it says in the book, like, something shifted and it's not kindness, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, be happy. He does it, right? What I think happens in that moment is I think he realizes in that moment he holds all the power because he says, at, at the end of the first book, he says something similar to Amarantha when she is about to kill Feyre, he says, like, please, I'll do anything. And I think he has a moment there where he realizes that everything he has done has pushed him closer and closer and closer to being this woman that he truly hated, right? And who was truly evil. And in that moment, that's what shifts in his eyes. Oh, like, interesting. That's what he, like, that's what he realizes, is that he's becoming... He's getting too close to being Amarantha. Oh, I totally did not think about that at all. Yeah. The, the thing for me, like, I, I don't struggle with this as much as I did before, but I definitely, like, at least the first time reading this, like, once I got over the fact that, like, he died, but he didn't die, so, like, thank goodness... Um, I was, like, a little put off by the fact that, like, the same thing happened twice. Like, Feyre dies, the High Lords bring her back. Reese dies, the High Lords bring her back. Like, how realistic is that for all of them to actually do that twice for, like, like this couple? I like how you say how realistic is that as we talk about a fantasy book. (laughs) You know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I totally, I totally get that. Um, and we were talking about this relatively recently um, about how I am a thousand percent grateful that she brought him back. I don't think I would have ever been able to pick up another one of her books if she hadn't brought him back. Right. Um, but like, imagine, 
imagine making that decision and then keeping him dead. Like, yeah, oh God. that would have been groundbreaking. Like, oh my God, I'm so glad she didn't. Like, for real. Like, mm-hmm. um, and then Amron's not dead, right? Like, oh, I love that. I know, it's like, it's when- like a two for one, like. I love when he comes back and he's like, don't worry, I didn't steal your powers. And then he's like, also, can someone get poor Amron out of the cauldron? Like, <laughs> oh, okay, so I guess, I guess I was incorrect in saying that no one died because, like, Amron and Reese, who you think die, don't. The only, right. like, important character is their dad. Right. Uh, so there actually is someone, but... Yeah, like, you think Amran's gone, you think Reese is gone, and then jokes on everyone, <laughs> like... And, like, thankfully, yes, like... Yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, that's mostly... My last notes are, like, yay, Feyre gets to meet Miriam and Draken. Um, and then I just love how <laughs> Elaine is, like, this new Amran is crankier than the old one. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so I have two last notes. One okay. of them is that I finally realized in this reread, after how many rereads, that it's the Bone Carver's brother who is keeping Vasa. <gasps> what? Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, because remember he describes like his his two his two siblings are um the weaver and then like there's someone on the continent who there's someone on the continent like his brother is on the continent in a lake oh my god alex and vasa is being kept by this like death god on like in a lake with these other women and yeah I, I my mind was blown. Never, yeah, same. Cause whoa, that I never clearly never realized that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was a big one <sighs> wow. for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that's going to play out in the future or anything. If that has any meaning behind it, but. Took us long enough to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, dang. I like how you say it took us long enough to figure that out, but really, I would have, I did, would have never fig- figured that out. I don't think. If it, oh. yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you say you had one more note after that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> this one's basically just like. A rant about Sarah J. Mass. Oh, okay. And how basically, like, her biggest talent is to just, like, break you down and rip you to shreds over yes. and over and over again. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter that. Like, none of these characters are real. Like, none of these places are real. None of the things that happen are real. But you they're written so real. still get so caught up in these books 
Yeah. That, like, she just has the power to break you down over and over and over again. And, like, no matter how many times I read her books, no matter Mm -hmm. how many times, like, I know what the outcomes are going to be. Yeah. Like, I still just have moments where, like, I can't breathe or, like, I have to put a book down Mm -hmm. because it just... It's funny that you say that because there's a, I've seen it multiple times. I've seen t-shirts, I've seen stickers, I've seen water bottles, coffee cups uh, that people have made. And it just says survivors of mass destruction, but it's spelled like her last name. Oh my gosh, that's so perfect. Yeah. And of course, now that I know that that's how you pronounce her last name, it like makes even more sense than when I thought it was pronounced Moss. But yeah, like I just, I think that sums it up perfectly that we are survivors of... (laughs) Just like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. And then, I guess, really technically, my last note, I didn't even write it down, but like, they all get to go home. They all get to go back to Valerius. And that just makes me Mm. so happy. Mm hmm. That's so true. Especially after you think that two of them aren't going to be able to make it back there. Actually, that you think multiple times that multiple of them are not going to make it back there. But. Especially when two of them actually died and you didn't think they were going to come back. Yes, that's so true. Well, what a whirlwind. No kidding. Next week we'll talk about, we'll talk about the novella next week, A Court of Frost and Starlight. Um, If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast, um, at UPM Pod Official, on um instagram we're uniquely portable magic podcast and then you can always email us at uniquely portable magic podcast at gmail.com we look forward to talking to you guys next week bye